up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 52 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my steadfast companion, Mr. Robert Thompson. Oh, I really like that one. Steadfast companion, dude. Have I been elevated? Am I ranked up? I mean, no. yeah, I don't Damn. I don't feel like you had to evolve from being the edge runner with the heart of gold. I still think that's your that's your perfect title. But you know, we were talking about the other day, it's like, yeah, I mean, when it comes to if I had a video game sidekick, it would be you, man. We we'd be the dynamic duo. Damn, thanks. <laughs> and then also joining us today is the Advent Child, Miss Peggy Ford. <laughs> I didn't get the reference for like a hot moment. I was like, what the hell is he? Final Fantasy. Final <laughs> Fantasy Seven. Advent Children. Yep, that one movie. Got it. Yep. Because it's loosely connected to that dopey PSP game that you love. And joining us today, the grouchiest granddad of the bunch, Mr. Kale Ward of the Comics Pals. Guys, video games have come a long way since Pac-Man. And I, yeah. thought, yes. I, thought, I thought we should have a sit down and, and really celebrate that. You do this well, podcast see, every week? Sorry? We do. We do. Uh, I, think, is... I think we're related to yours, actually. What? Pretty sure. Yeah. <sighs> first I've heard I've never it. seen it's like a sister any of show. You. Seems fake, I know, but. <laughs> Joel just got in my Skype call. I don't know how this happened. Yeah, this is the first Joel I've heard doesn't know how to use the internet, so that's why he wasn't aware of the show until right now. The what? Um, <laughs> exactly. But I figured since we've been here 52 episodes, our one year anniversary, we'd invite, you know, one of. Uh, gaming's oldest uh, relics here so he's he's here to, to join the discussion and you know has it has it really been a year <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh i know God. it's in fucking insane right yeah the um, celebrate yeah. we got rid of andy and replaced him with kale <laughs> for you? one episode trust me andy's still here if, i was gonna say if anything this just confirms the long-running fan theory that andy and kale are just the same guy with like who just put on like different masks that's, you know that's right you've never seen us in the same room before Never. The one time that we had a meeting where where you were both there, you were just green on, on Skype. So yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. It could have just been a life model decoy. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But anyway, uh, you know, so we're not here to talk about life model decoys or conspiracy theories about Kale and Andy. We're why here to talk here? about video games. <laughs> video games, that's why. Oh, got uh, it, yeah. So we're gonna kick the show off the way we sometimes do by talking about what we're playing this week. Kale, since you're our guest this week. What you playing? So, um, for Christmas, I got a Super Nintendo Classic. And nice. uh, Jess Jess and I, um, I, I believe I'm what you guys would call a casual. <laughs> um, you play a lot of video games for a casual. Well, I do now. I only, <laughs> I only recently got uh, two consoles that I could uh, call mine. Uh, well, three, I guess, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, the only reason I kept a Game Boy in the house was for Pokemon. Like, that's just sort of, you know. Right. Um, yeah, but now you've got a PS4, you got a Switch, you've been branching out a little bit. Got the got the SNES Classics. So we've been playing uh, Secret of Mana, and she, uh, nice. you know, she isn't much of a gamer at all. Um, and it is the hardest thing I've ever played. <laughs> uh, wow. That game is definitely... Uh, it's a thick Super Nintendo JRPG. And the, so the combat system is like nothing I've ever seen before. It's got that weird, like you know, uh, descending and climbing like scale. Uh, you know, for I, I guess oh, it's for right, how, yeah, you, yeah. how hard you can hit or whatever. Um, and it is infuriating. 
for all you for all you secret of mana heads out there we've been stuck in the haunted forest for uh three weeks holy crap dude and i I gotta try this and i only just remembered that you can save to like the console or whatever you can you can make like a save point oh yeah instead uh, of um save states right instead of oh uh just relying on the stupid cat who only shows up when you don't want him goddamn cat (laughs) you sound a little bitter about this (laughs) it's been three weeks (laughs) <laughs> um other than that i uh i'm playing celeste i uh i'm through like the main hell yeah the main stuff i um in love with the soundtrack for that game i listen to it uh mm. when i write i love, love oh my god yeah that soundtrack. that soundtrack nice. is fucking amazing it's like it's so uh it's just so emotional yeah. you know it's such a big part of yeah. like the the overall feeling of the game you know and i i know i've told told you this pete uh but i i don't know that i've i i've never said this on in any sort of um uh video game podcast uh, area uh my mom used to always tell us to turn the sound off when we played video games so i've never big i've never been uh big on listening to to the music while i while i play yeah so i that's interesting i do a lot of just i listen to a lot of podcasts it's a very it gaming itself is a very uh solitary experience for me so like taking the time to listen to the soundtrack to it is like huge for me yeah i I remember the reason um i knew that about you is because i talked about i was like dude like how about that soundtrack and you're like oh i haven't really been listening to it i was like start the game over (laughs) and and it wasn't even about Celeste. I think it was about one of the old Pokemon games. Uh, pro- oh, probably yeah. Red or Blue, you know, and I, I'm yeah. sure we were talking about Lavender Town or, or something. And I was like, I I've literally never heard it. <laughs> so, like, when you were, not to sidebar, but, like, when you were younger, how did you get through, like, stealth games and all that jazz? Did you play those at all? Or was it just, like... Because, like, yeah. sound design's usually... Or, like, horror games as well. Like, sound design's usually really big. So, like, how did yeah. you get through those? I, I didn't play a lot of those. Um, I, like... I only, ju- I only just figured out a couple of years ago that there's a sound element to, like, the last level of Mario. Oh. So, like... <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, so... That's so crazy. The past couple of years for me have been a whirlwind of... <laughs> catching up and beating beating video Open games horizons right. right there yeah yeah cool but yeah going um, through uh going through trying i'm i'm certainly not a completionist but i'm trying to get you know all the the b-sides and the, the strawberries and everything um and the, the crystal hearts it's dude celeste. those b-sides are so fucking hard yeah. celeste is such a hard game but yeah. it's so worth it it's so, so much good fun. Um, I gotta go back to it. I haven't I haven't beaten it yet. And like I've, I remember you hit this point where you were like, Oh dude, like I'm at the last world, that really tough part. And I'm like, you are way, yeah, yeah, way yeah. farther than me. <laughs> I've, I've I've actually kinda set it aside. I'm taking a little break. Um and I'm just kinda filling out the Pokedex on, on, on Pokemon Sun, but um Yeah, that's it is a hard platformer. <laughs> Yeah, well worth your time though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've I've sung its praises on the show quite a bit, but yeah, if you have not checked out Celeste, get that shit. It is so good. It's well worth um, the twenty bucks or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's in my opinion, it's the best platformer that's been made since Shovel Knight. Yeah, which By is far. saying a lot. Yeah, because um, oh. there's been a, there's been a couple great ones. Yeah. Um. Cool. 
so I know for uh, for me and Thompson, we have the same two games that we checked out this week. Um, one of which was Radical Heights which we said we were going to check out last week, which uh, was the Battle Royale game from um, the Lawbreaker Studio. Um, what is it? Boss something. Uh, Boss Studio, I think it's just that. Boss Studio, well, something like that. Yeah. Um, Boss but Key. Either way. Hang on. Boss Key, I think it is Boss Key Studios. I don't know. Boss Key Productions. Woo. Boss Key Productions, thank you, Peggy. Um, but yeah, so Radical Heights, we talked about it last week. It's their new Battle Royale game that they've made in an effort to sh- like save the studio. Uh, it's got a like, heavy 80s like game show aesthetic. Um, and uh, Thompson and I both played it for a couple hours over the last week or so. And um, I- I- we had pretty good impressions of it, honestly. I've, like, I've played it uh, more recently, too, after they had uh, a little patch that came out and stabilized a lot of the jank, actually. Like, I mean, it's cool, still good. fucking, you know, wireframe boxes and stuff. Yeah, so I guess we'll get right into it. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's incredibly early. I know we said it was early in the, the podcast, but, like, uh, holy crap, it's I feel like... five months. Five uh, months I know, of development. But <laughs> to, to see the wireframes on the buildings, and, and it's just, like, wild when you jump down and you're, like, there's, there's just areas that have like uh, a curtain over them saying coming soon uh wow. it's just, like yeah really funny because and like when he's know. saying like wireframes like they're like a lot of the buildings are just they don't have assets yeah, yeah. Or, like, sure. they're not even like, gray they're not even like a flat texture it's just like yeah to be colored like in gray wall with like grid paper that's over wild. it because it's you, just like legit like you can't even make a female character that says coming soon you can only be like one of two male characters like that's it and like Dude, it was so funny. I remember, like, earlier uh, this week, I think, they teased the... F- they were like, oh, we're teasing the female character. And I'm just like, guys, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should tease, but, some, uh, tease some buildings, man. Come on. Like, we made a second character model, and it took us four weeks. Like, guys, come on. <laughs> so, here, here's, like, here's, like, a really salient point about this game, I feel, right? So, the newest patch that came out, they were, one of the, like, logs said something, like, fixed the... The bike, the BMX uh, bike stuff going like uh, into the stratosphere, or like you know, fixed it like just being fucked up, and mm. like it's not entire, but it says like kind of like, but they sometimes still will. And I thought about that, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not asking for this game to be perfect or even have colors on the walls or anything, but it's like you can't get a bicycle to work. We got a it's problem. Funny, man. <laughs> like, it's funny, man. Not ready. Oh, I mean, so it's not. so not ready that, like, they're focusing on the bicycles, is what I'm saying. It's weird. Like, the pa- yeah. the patch was practically about BMX stunt bikes and stuff. And it's like, meanwhile, I can jump and hit F to do dive roll in the sky. And I can keep hitting F and, like, jank myself in almost fucking Superman fly. It's insane. Like, that should not be a thing. <laughs> uh, but I, the, I will say the bike system is, I think, one of the most, like, developed and well-realized systems in the game so far. Um, yeah. Like, except I'm sometimes. By that. You do go yeah, into sometimes. the stratosphere. That's with everything, though, you know, because yeah. like that was my I remember the first three games of it I played. I didn't pick up a gun before I died because it was like either I like I got rubber banded. Like there's all kinds of weird little problems. But like despite all of that, um, like I said, we, we did have like a good time playing it. And I remember the resounding opinion of um, the two of us and Andy were playing together with another friend of ours. And all of us said, like, OK, like it's got its problems, but. For a game that they cobbled together in five months, it's surprisingly well realized. Yeah, like there's bad. the bones of something really cool, and the fact that like there's anything even playable, and it's like oh wow, this is pretty good. 
is like, all right, cool. Dude, like, I'm not, that's I'm not a sure time. how far you've gotten into the matches if you played without me around or whatever. But I, I, I played, con- I played one more night where I played for another hour or so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if you got to like any of the top tens or whatever. But by the time you hit like thirty people, the spin to win thing drops down, which is pretty neat because like I did that once. That yeah, yeah is really fun. Every like ten people it drops down, and like three of them come down, and you can get like a just explosive like a c4 or something or like a bike yeah you you get crap it's like they drop this like big prize board and you have to like fucking you know fight to get another loot drop basically right um and it's like creates this like crazy like chaotic point of contention which is really cool it's like the antithesis of a PUBG match how like right at the end people are starting to like stockpile and everything and it's like it doesn't fucking matter anymore because even if you didn't have shit one of those drops and you could just pick up like an epic level weapon and like we're good you know it's like I can top 10 now so it tries to balance yeah. the game at the end which I think is nice also I'm like really into the me- the money mechanic like I, I know we talked about that at, at first and um, playing the game like it's it's bad for the first couple games for like three like, or four games yeah yeah, because you're like, I don't have any weapons, and I'm just getting killed by people who have weapons right away, and it sucks. But once you get just a little bit of money, and you can like use it uh, to leverage your advantage in, in the game, um, it you immediately see like the fun of it, because there's a real risk-reward there of, like, do I want to start with nothing and save my money so I can buy cosmetic shit, or do I want to, like, try to give myself a bit of an advantage in the game and hopefully, like, earn more money by winning more, you know? And it's like, you're kind of making a bet every time you go into the match because if you spend a bunch of your currency on some gun and then you just die you just wasted it and like that's cool see i I didn't think that it was going to be that big of a contention point when it comes to that because i always thought like at least for me like i don't give a shit what i look like like there's only one male model okay cool fine but like as long as i have like a shotgun at the start like i'm good to go so like i didn't really like are the are the aesthetics really that like they're cool. They're pretty they like yeah, yeah. Like the the because there's Enough not to that tempt you at least. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Yeah, because mm. there's really not much there. Like in terms of like what's already there. Like there's only a few outfits, but they're all really cool. And um, I just like I really just like the overall like look of the game and um and the vibe and like when I see that like my guy looks like fucking um. What the fuck were we saying it was? He looks like a he looks like Ric Flair's clone. Oh yeah. Like in a future sure. suit. And it's like that's hilarious. But when I see that they legit have like 80s hardcore punk clothes and I can Ooh, get a big okay. blue mohawk and stuff, you I'm can like, look just oh, like Rambo. Yeah, like yeah. I want I want my guy to just look like my aesthetic, you know? And like <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, you know, like obviously you wanna have that advantage in the game but it's also like it's it's also like if you know what you're doing maybe you don't need that as much yeah because like once andy Andy and i had played a couple games we found this spot where there was always consistent drops and people would go there and we're like well if we go here first we get these weapons we can kill people and get money and then we can get further in the game and once we had figured that out i was like well i'm not gonna waste my money on a gun i'm just gonna drop and find one Hmm. yeah just Hmm. punch like five cash registers out which could be done in like 10 seconds after you land and then guess what there's like on every single building's corner pretty much there's a uh, spot you can buy a gun and you only need like a couple hundred to get like a basic machine gun so there you go but that's called robbery thompson but there's no one else (laughs) in the game so but this is real wait no sorry no, it's a game show. Yeah, no, 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 it's just a game. It's just a game. It's a video no, game. No, you're literally playing a game show, though. Like, that's the I'm best sorry, thing I've ever had to again. It's like The Running yeah, Man, yeah, yeah, kind okay. of. You're allowed to do, like, murder because it's The Running Man. It doesn't matter, you know? 
in the not-so-distant future where the 80s come back and we just have Ultimate Ninja Warrior except everyone dies. Shadowrun returns! <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Radical Heights, um, early, sloppy. Not for everyone. But cool. But fun. Worth, worth, worth checking out. It's free. So Check promising. Promising. Pro- that is a great promising. word. I mm. will say very promising. I'll go out on a limb and like... Ooh. I, I'm really interested in this game. I want it to succeed because I like it. Um, it's way different than every other Battle Royale experience um, just because of the, how they design the game. Hmm. And that's not easy to do. You know, like, uh, PUBG and Fortnite are both unique because, like, you know, PUBG's more of, like, a military shooter. Hmm. You know, Fortnite's obviously focused on, like, building. And, like, this is, like, neither of those things at all. And that's awesome. Like it's it's zany, it's frantic, it's 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 fun. Like it, and it's really it's a really cool novel uh, spin on the genre. And so, I think I really want. I think I think it has a chance to succeed because it's different. Does it have? It sounds like it has more King of the Kill vibes than it does. I don't. I haven't really played King of the Kill, so okay. I, I okay. can't really speak to that. It kind of does. At least the art style is very similar. It, so like, yeah. I, my head immediately goes to King of the Kill when I think of. Of uh, this game, which name I forget. What's the name? What's the name? Radical Heights. Radical Heights. That I, I knew forget its name, name all the time. For. Yeah, it's hard. It, it has more of a vibe of that because it is a little more frantic, and it's more about just like getting the kills and like. It's not about like the meta game as much as it is nah. about like the actual like just grab the gun and go. I mean, generally speaking, like every match within ten seconds, if you don't have a gun, someone is gonna run up with a gun and fucking blow you away at that point. Got yeah. It. So. Yeah, you've got like ten seconds and when you land. The turnover is a lot quicker too. Oh, like, for sure. I think, and I think that's like Fortnite's a lot more like that. Like where PUBG it's, is it's like quicker than Fortnite. I think. Yeah, even a quick game of PUBG is like twenty minutes. Like, yep. whereas uh-huh. like a quick game of Radical Heights is like five minutes. A quick you game know? of that could be literally a minute. I jumped in uh, before I went to work the other day for twenty minutes, and I think I got ten games in. And wow. every one of them was like about top twenty five ish. You know, like I wasn't doing great, but like. To say that three quarters of the players died every time within that time frame is crazy. Yeah, right. Like you're it's not just immediately dropping and dying. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I feel like that'll change once people figure out the map as well, because like that was a big thing with like say uh, uh, Miramar with PUBG, oh, where yeah. like people weren't entirely sure where to go, so you would just go to the cities because you know they're the biggest ones and they're most likely to have loot, and especially on that map, you need like sniper rifles and that sort of thing. So like people died really, really quickly. Uh, but that was mainly because they were heading into the city slash heavily, uh, heavily populated areas. There's a different word for that. I just yeah. don't remember. The, he- uh, the heavy drop areas. But you got to do yeah, that in this game, too, areas. because that's where the, the cash is and that's where the uh, the money or the weapon depots are. So, like, you can't be in the it forest. It encourages fights yeah. a lot more. You yeah. can't be in the forest yeah. and just, like, find a gun and you can't find, like, a thing to buy a gun and there's no money out there. So unless you find an ATM, which is definitely in the city. So it, you're pretty much always going to have to go to the city at some point. They're always trying to funnel you towards the center of the map. It's better just where, drop like, there and hold out. Yeah, you know, and just is fight. there a bank? Yeah, there's ATMs like yeah. every ten feet in the city. But and, like, like you, I mean, like, is there like an actual bank that's like a hoard of money that people are? No, it's, it's offshore account so. for um, you. Offshore account. Yeah, so you deposit it and withdraw it as you see fit. Okay. Yeah, and then they have like there's like grocery stores and stuff where you can like open cash registers, arcades, or, like, whatever. bowling alley, yeah, arcades, whatever. Shit can, like you, that. Yeah, you can very blow 80s up stuff. Shit like that. Word. Um, but yeah, I would say really worth your time if you're interested in it at all. Like it's free. Um, 
if you're the kind of person who like you think if you play it now you won't play it later maybe wait but you know if you're interested in just checking it out might as well give it a shot Uh, and then the other game, which um, Thompson and I have, like, the briefest of impressions on, is Motherfucking God of War. Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't know Dang they had a title like that. Yeah, yeah. they did. Boy, PlayStation's um, they, really you know, going all out. Yeah, I mean, this is like, you know, they really wanted to show that it's 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 aged. You know, this mm. is the more mature title. Subtext, um, damn it, Atreus. That bastard child. <laughs> this, uh... This game lives up to the hype. Like, really? we talked, yes. We talked about uh, last week about how the initial review impressions had dropped, uh, I think, a week or two early, which is always a very good sign. Um, and it got near unanimous tens. Uh, the lowest score that we saw for it was an eight from some outlet we had literally never heard of. And every, literally every person that I follow who does game reviews has given it like a nine or higher. Um, and. That obviously sets your expectations at a certain level. Um, going into it, Thompson and I played an hour of it for our Let's Play Show Pals Play, which you can check out over on YouTube.com slash TheComicsPals. Uh, it'll be posting this week, so it's live right now. Um, I was just fucking blown away by what we saw. I mean, the it's good. The art is really good. The acting is really good. Um, the way that they use the camera is the most unique thing I've ever seen in a video game uh, in terms of camera use. Like, the camera is locked on Kratos. You can't swing it. So, like, you can't, like... So, you're always exactly in his POV. And it... They direct it. Like, the game is... Every moment is directed like it's a film. Like, huh. because it's where it is. Like Birdman only, is what you said. And that's exactly yes, if you've ever yeah, seen... Like the, the whole thing is a single shot. Like, they don't ever make cuts. There's like, no you loading know screen like, unless you die. I mean, if you're yeah. playing the game and you don't die, it just or, or keeps if you going. if you switch map locations, which we didn't get to. But. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's like a clear thing. But if you're just playing and you always play and it hits the cinematic t- thing, it's like you never really see like a cut or anything like that. It's just like you'll be doing this thing and then say you're picking up a log and it, you're already in a cinematic. You didn't know that. You just hit square to do an action, and then halfway through that. Uh, you know, it's, it kind of picks up again, and and you have, a couple times people's like, "Oh shit, I'm playing again," you know, because it was so seamless that it yeah. it never said like or never really, you know, you know how like you you back out of the game exposition, yeah, not like, even just that, like when you like even like Horizon, let's say when it cuts out of a cutscene or something, it's like positions the camera back on you and you start seeing the the HUD and everything. It's like a lot of times that shit doesn't even pop up. A lot of times it's just going because there's like not really a HUD. Yeah, like, I think like Resident Evil 4 did that kind of shit when they had those fights where you would like go to a thing and then like it was kind of like a cinematic and also a QTE and a cinematic and it was like back and forth. But God of War did it yeah. obviously better. It just Resident Evil 4 reminds me of that a lot with the camera angles and, and the way that they positioned it and, and direct it and bring you yeah, on the journey. Just, yeah, it's just so interesting because it'll be like like they'll like you'll be in a conversation with someone and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck, like I'm back in the game. And, like, the way that... Because it never cuts. And the conversation just keeps like, going, too. Right. So you're just like, oh, okay, cool. Meanwhile, like, your kid is running up 10, you know... Yeah, he's, like, 10 <laughs> feet ahead of you already. And you're yeah. like, oh, shit, I guess I need to start moving again. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's just... It's hard to articulate and, and really get across what they're doing until you play it. Because I had had it described to me in a very similar way by, you know, uh, people who had done reviews. And it's just like... You don't really understand what that means until you're you have it in your hands and you see it play out and you're like, fuck. Like like even, even like, the intro. cut scenes. Just the way like, the yeah, game right. starts. 
like we were talking about, like there's this scene where you're watching your son walk, uh, and no spoilers, but he's walking into your cabin and it's just the cameras behind him and it just looks like you're just following him, you know? And it's like, and the way that they move it and it doesn't, that can be so hokey when they try to put like fake motion into a camera and stuff like that, but it's very subtle and because it's just a moving camera where it's always panning and not ever making cuts, it just feels like you're – it feels organic. It feels like you're in the moment yeah. more so. It feels like somebody put you there with them, you know? Yes. And it's and just like, crazy. They're not artificially giving you emotion by, like, making cuts, which is, like, what movies do all the time. Like, whenever you see two people have a conversation in a movie, right? It's like, cut to me, cut to you, cut to me, cut to you. And you just get – just pure emotional interaction and because they don't do this like you never see kratos face unless they want you to see kratos face and like it's it's just really really clever and it's so different and i think it's really like a game changer in a lot of ways about how people are going to direct cinematics in games i think um and that's really cool uh and i haven't even talked about the gameplay yeah if anything this game is just a breath of fresh air on and almost every single level. level Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I haven't gone far enough to really hear the music in it, so I wouldn't say that like it has like the best soundtrack ever. But what we heard Jury's was out great. On that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Other than that, everything is perfect in this game so far. So far, I was gonna ask uh, a lot of the uh, of what I remember from the other God of Wars. What I saw th- from those those are mostly like the big fights are uh, quick time battles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is there any and of that in this? It, Not really. It, like it, it's, apparently it's, when. Kind of it, like I, I see it as a fan of like all three of the games, man. Like I played them all. Like they did pull away from it uh, okay. in like God of War three as like as like the emphasis on like the fight is just a QTE. This was a real fight. Like for the first thing we have to do, it's always like a real fight, and then you might stun or something or get to a point where the guy's damaged enough that you can do like a mini QTE thing. But it's definitely not like that's how you take down the boss or that's how you kill it. You yeah. you have to fight him. And that's what it is. You can and get again, access like- to things. You know. We, we've only experienced, like, two boss fights in the game, so, like, th- there might be, like, bigger, badder bosses at some point where they do rely more on QTEs, so I don't want to, like, say that that's emphatically not the case. So far. But we we experienced two big plot boss fights. Um, like, if anybody remembers from those trailers, there was that thing where he fights that big, like, fucking ogre with the horns and shit. Yeah. yeah it was a troll. troll. Yeah, 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 right. It is, of course it's a troll. It's fucking Norse. Yeah. Duh. Um... <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like a frost troll, I think, and uh, that ends with like a QTE, like. But that, the fight itself it's like, was fucking ridiculous. It's just an insane boss fight, super visceral, and then when you get him to the point where they're like dead, then you go into a QTE and like rip their fucking head off or whatever, um, and you okay. know. What, okay. What's really cool, um, you just reminded me, Pete, is every boss or every meter so far, the bottom health bar has like uh, little lines in it, and so like the troll only has like two, right? So when it got down to half, it literally says like you know like it's showing you when it gets down half, he's gonna start doing new attacks. It has different stages. The second boss we went to had, I think five chunks so like every fifth it was doing another attack adding onto it so the boss fight could be progressively harder like that and like you might get a qte every stage in the middle like that but you really are fighting it to get down and they have health bars so that's kind of and you don't get fucking like auto regenerating health anymore like in any game like that you know every game does that shit so it's just like you get fucking beat up you get beat up like you're fucked you know so yeah and i i think um the thing that's interesting is like it's just the the pace of the game is just way different. Like it's oh, so much so more good. methodical. Stop. You know, like I want to play it. It's like you. Oh, I'm I'm gonna play it for like six hours today. It, right jerk. after this, <laughs> come over. <laughs> um, I uh, like 
you know, the old games were, they're hack and slashes, right? Sure. And like, this game is not a hack and slash. Um, one of my one of my favorite video game pundits is a woman named uh, Andrea Renee. She works with Kind of Funny and What's Good Games, and um, she made this comparison where she said like it, it's like it's so technical that it's like almost like a fighting game. And yeah, I, she's yeah. so right because like instead of it being like hey like go in fucking button mash and like feel super powerful and just see how high you can get your combo, it's about like okay you're in this fight. You can't swing your camera around to see where everybody is. So you have to be in this rhythm of, like, I'm in the fight. Who's in front of me? Is there somebody behind me? Like, how do I can... Because you also have control over your son, uh, Atreus. Like, he's an archer. And, like, he'll, like, call out to you and stuff. He'll be like, behind you! Or, like, to your left! And... That's the kind of thing that in most other video games can be fucking annoying. No, but it's well, with really him, it's helpful. like a vital part of combat. Because you, you can't it, yeah. just look. So it's like you'll be fighting and someone's like literally about to fucking crack you in the back of the skull. And it'll be like, Dad, look out. And you just fucking turn around, punch this dude in the fucking face. Or like you throw your axe at him or whatever. And it's just like wow. – and that axe. The axe is so it, – it literally makes you feel like Thor. Because it's so, like, I remember Thompson was commenting on the first episode. He's like, I like how much you're throwing the axe, that it's that easy. Because you literally, like, you hold L2 or R2 to, like, aim. Or no, I'm sorry, L2 to aim and then R1 or R2 to throw it in, like, a light or heavy throw. And then you just press triangle and he just throws his hand up and it comes right back to him. So it's like... You can get him on the backswing too, yeah. You can, like, chuck it and, like, land it in an enemy or, like, throw it behind somebody and then have it come back and kill two people when it comes back to you and shit. And it's just so fucking cool. And, like, you're not even weak when you don't have it. Like, I remember there was one fight where I threw it and I didn't even think about it. He chucked it right in the beginning and for five minutes he fisted everyone yeah, down just like people, and i was like oh right oh and the, 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 again. the death animation for the one guy is you put your 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 claws like into a chest and rip him in half which just, is whoa. wow <laughs> which is fun <laughs> so it's it's cool because like they haven't lost that like violent like edge that god of war had but they slowed it down and made it more like i feel like it feels more visceral because it's slower and you're like, it's more intimate. You know, you're not just like wiping dudes out left and right with chains. You're like getting in their face and punching them or chopping them mm-hmm. down with this axe. And it's like, you just feel so like fucking, like there's this one fight um, that uh, I remember in the pre stuff, um, my dude Greg Miller from Kind of Funny said that it was like the best superhero fight he'd ever had in a video game. And I remember when Thompson and I got to it, I was like, Oh my god, like I feel like fucking I feel like I'm Superman fighting the Flash right now and it's so fucking cool. Cause you're just like, you know, you're like the hits have so much weight behind them, you know? It's just like, I don't know, man. You gotta play this game. You gotta play this game. It's it's really fucking good. And like this is I played an hour of it, you guys. This is my initial impressions of the intro. Like this was the tutorial. Yeah, we ended this the pals play on it was kinda like, hey, chapter one, and we're like oh my god it didn't even really start (laughs) like we didn't even get to the part where you like we didn't even get to the any of the crafting like we got we scratched barely the surface of this game and it's just like it blew blow blew us both away uh so i'll have i promise you i'll have more takes for you next week um i know normally we don't kind of do developing reviews like this or whatever but i'm gonna play a bunch of it and try to have more impressions on the deeper elements of the game but uh, I had to talk about it just because I'm so fucking excited. The hype is real and it was correct for once. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Nice. It, it wow. lives up, man. It lives up to the hype for sure. 
All right, so before we get into the news this week, uh, we've got a little bit of reader mail from our pal Harris, who's a regular writer over at the Comics Pals. And, uh, yeah, why don't you read his comment for us? All right. I can't believe you put your guests to work like this, but, I mean, it's your show. That's fine. You just do your thing. You think you just come on this show and work for free? Peggy was a guest one time, and then I fucking made her work for us. Replacement Andy (laughs) Kale. All right, here we go. Uh, So this is from Harris, we said. Uh, Harris says, Our pal Harris. Harris says there are two game series which need a complete reboot with a fresh look, or in the very least, not to be rushed through development and story. My picks are Dragon Age and Fable. Arguably, Dragon Age has been going strong. However, as a fan of the series, I had an issue with the past two games becoming lazy in the story. This is evident in the ending of the games, where your choice doesn't feel like it matters what you did. The promise of previous games linking to the future installments have proved to be spurious at best. Fable, what can I say? It hasn't been good since the first entry. It needs a complete revival with a game studio who can do it justice. Maybe Ubisoft or Cap- Ubisoft or Capcom Vancouver can take a shot. Honorable mention is Dead Rising after that disastrous Microsoft release. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Alright, so let's stop there. <clears throat> Um, cause he's also got a little something else for us, but, um, well played. So well first of all, played. yeah, right. Thanks for writing in Harris. Always love hearing from you. Um, this is in, in response to uh, our random question. I guess we did last week, right? About, about, yes. yeah. Um, these are fantastic picks, my dude. Yep. Um, I don't think that Dragon Age needs a reboot, but I think like you said, a fresh new look, not getting rushed through. That's what Dragon Age needs. The God I think of War. Maybe not a full overhaul, but something no. like something Something to freshen it up. Yeah, yeah I absolutely it need, agree. It, it needs like a back to basics. It needs the God of War treatment. Or they just like yes. spruce it up and they're like, this is a great IP. We can make it great and let's do it. And they just put a nice fresh paint on it and all this new stuff, you know. Got to make Dragon Age great again. That's what we need. Hey, I'm um, a huge fan of it too. But Dragon Age 3, I didn't even play. So it's like, damn, you know. And that's that's the thing. Uh, I don't I don't totally agree with you, Harris, um, in, in terms of uh, the story stuff. I don't think that Inquisition had a lazy story. Um, I think Inquisition suffered from being an open world game, which Dragon Age has no business being and Bioware has no business making, um, as evidenced by the two open world games they did. Uh, that's my thing with that. I think Inquisition actually has a pretty good story. I thought I thought a lot of the characters were really great, and I am a staunch defender of Dragon Age 2, though you are 100,000% right about its ending. Um, the last chapter is, it just falls apart and that's a shame because I really do think there's a good game there for the first, much like Mass Effect 3, 99% of it. Oh yeah. Dragon um, Age 2 had the same feeling for me. I was like, this is an amazing game until every decision I made uh, about the Kunari didn't fucking matter. You mean, you mean two, right? Oh, two. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. yeah I'm saying like in, um, in the one part at the end, it's like, no matter how nice you are to that dick, you always have yeah, to. Yeah. Right. It's like, like, it's just, oh, okay. Yeah, and then you get to the last chapter, and, like, no matter what you've done, like, this same one event happens, and you're like, well, that seems really tonally dissonant for how I've been playing the game. But, yeah, um, you, you converted me to you know, believe that it's not a terrible game. It's not a bad game at all. It does have the Mass Effect 3 problem, where, you know, it's like, it's it's a fun experience. It's a great time. And then it's, you a, play, you know, it's a very good game. You it's have a not great as time. great, but, yeah. The journey's better than one. the destination. But in, in terms of Fable, you couldn't be more fucking right, dude. Like, that's a, that like, Fable 1 absolute classic everything else fucking forget when, when did like, i shit on fable 3 was it was it two weeks ago or was it last two week? or three weeks ago yeah. yeah we were we were going on about it and i don't even like fable 2 so i, I think 2 <laughs> is all right at least you know i think it's two, fine but like but it's like not just fine it's like it's a different game sure but like it's fun 
it's it's okay. It's okay. I'll give you that. But like, all right. maybe, maybe I'll go back. <laughs> One day. I, I like his two callouts too. I think Ubisoft or Capcom Vancouver. I could see them both doing a pretty good job with it. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't even think of Fable. Like that—that that seems like such like a slam dunk answer. Like, well done. I considered yeah. it dead in the grave. So, I mean, dude, there that reboot—they're—they're they're working on one now, and I'm very excited for it. Well, the last um, thing they did was that on rails like VR Fable experience. When I feel like yeah. when a game hits that, it's like it's not coming back. No. But yeah, they're yeah. doing they're doing a brand new game with a new studio because obviously Lionhead's closed and everything. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited for the idea of Fable coming back and it being like relevant again because the first Fable is one of my favorite games. It of that still generation. holds up. Yeah, it does still hold up. It's a really, really, really good RPG. If you ever want to be um, a chicken chaser, I mean, there's no better game. To me, like that was like the first great Western RPG of like the like that new wave of them you know like that and kotor were like yeah that and kotor was know? the reason i bought an xbox yeah i was just like absolutely. i gotta i gotta play like these these rpgs were like you know i came from fallout baller's gate all those other ones and like they really hit that that feel of uh, having like that background d20 system even like fable doesn't have that at all so it was pulled from kotor and it was like that was so unique at the time especially because yeah. it was like your choices matter. I mean, the, it was the first game that ever that I ever played that had a real morality. Yeah, like, like that. Holy where, shit. And every action was weighed against it. Did you steal food? That's evil. Did you give some money to the poor? That's a good action. Like I loved, I loved especially the way that the the powers were presented. You know, if you buffed out on strength, your character would look be a hulking brute. You know, and stuff that they actually yeah. showed what you know what you. Path yeah, and you if took. you were evil, you became a devil with those fucking yeah, horns. Yeah. And I remember, like my guy, I was like I was like pure paragon. So like you have a halo, and you like. <laughs> have this like fucking like heroic fucking like aura around you and everything whenever you walk into the town children and animals follow you like you're fucking snow white like your paragon like, can't fight town guard for 30 minutes straight though i mean just saying um yes i could but i would never because i'm a hero <laughs> so yeah i think those are fantastic picks harris yeah um, all of them are great man and then he, did. he also had <gasps> he's got a random question of the week Okay, fine. That's fine. Damn. That's fine. Just, Damn. just Damn. undercut it. That's Damn. good. Damn. Listen, you really he did take the Andy's best spot. Best guess we have ever had. You, I don't care what happens after this. Best guess, Kale Ward. You knew what was happening when you invited me here. Don't even get me started on water Pokemon. I like this. I like where this is going. Uh, I'm gonna fly right, to so, New Zealand and burn your house down. Here is. Uh, <laughs> Harris asks, is there a market for more co-op games like A Way Out in other genres? I know there's been some exploration previously with Army of Two. I can imagine if a game like Far Cry or possibly a revived Knights of the Old Republic as a co-op being a big deal. Uh, well, to answer um, your question there, uh, he uh, Far Cry already has co-op. So yeah. Far Cry 5. It was... Um, it introduced- was uh- it was built basically to to do that, like around that that, yeah. that style of uh, combat and stuff. Like, of course, it's a single player game, but they really wanted to. Unfortunately, it's not couch co op, but you know. yeah, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna ask because uh, from what I understand of a way out, it's it's a really like intricate, as oh, you say, couch couch co op. Yeah. Yes. you need yeah. the other it's, person it's there built to do it. To be yeah, yeah, that you experience. can't play it by yourself. Um, you have to play with another person, which is cool. So, and, like, um, having a game that's built just to be a co-op experience in other genres, though? So, right, yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> uh, there's an interesting problem there, Harris, and I think I think looking at A Way Out proves that, yes, it's possible, 
but the scale of the game is very important. I don't think you can have a triple A game that is built around co-op in the way that a way out is because um, there's just not a market for it. That's not how people play games anymore. Um, most people play games online when they want to play with other people. And um, uh, one second, Peggy from Memesville. And um, uh, I, I think because of that, like you'll never really be able to get to a point where, similar to how we don't really see many major AAA games that are single player and story focused, um, unless they're coming from a PlayStation, because God of War exists to sell PlayStations, <laughs> not to sell God of War. Um, so they don't have to make the same amount of money back on it as another AAA studio would. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that you can sustain that, but I think seeing more single player games do what Far Cry did, where you have a completely, uh, fully built, fully realized single player game that is able for you to have jump in, jump out co-op similar to like Dark Souls or whatever. Um, I think, I think that is something that we will definitely see more of in the future. Um, especially because, well, again, un unless numbers show that people aren't using it. And that's the problem, because if you ever wonder why they took split screen out of your favorite game or why they didn't put a story in the new Call of Duty or whatever next year, um, that's why. It's because not enough people are using it. So if, if Ubisoft sees that co-op is making more people play Far Cry 5 or play more, have more people play it for longer, you can guarantee you're going to see that in their next game. And there'll be co-op in Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs or whatever comes next. Huh. Peggy from Eamesville? Yes, hi. Uh, so, like, I think this is a long shot, but the only way that I can see, like, this, I guess it's the same genre, basically, but, like, games geared a little bit more towards kids. Like, immediately sure. when, you guys, when we were talking about that, I was thinking, like, you know what would have been cool? Breath of the Wild co-op. Like, catch, like, couch co-op. Uh, yeah, that, I was like, thinking, like, parent. Pokemon or something like yeah. that. Would be you cool. know, some childhood so, like, thing, right? Yeah, and, like, maybe you're playing, it would destroy the entire story, but, like, who cares? Yeah. It, maybe you're playing as, like, Zelda or something, and instead, like, your your parent is playing there with you. Because also, like, uh, for for my job, I'm not only the, the, like, tech and video person, I'm also the person people go to if they want to get recommendations for video games. Who would have thought? But um, one of them was, like, one of, the, one of my uh, coworkers was like, hey, like, I'm just trying to find a way to, to play with my kid because uh, I don't really understand what he's, what, like, what's going on in, like, the games that he's playing like i just want to be able to connect with him like that he was like do you have any idea like if there's any games like i was basically asking for couch co-op without knowing the term couch co-op hmm. um Mario. and i was like yeah I, I immediately said odyssey because i was like yep. he like you guys can't really play together except for like the hat thing but like outside of that like it's not an actual like two-player thing but like yeah. um but, that's but like fun. that got me yeah and like that got me thinking like there aren't really that many in like kids games anymore which is a little weird especially when like Especially now with, like, accountability on parents is, is kind of more important than ever, considering what's happening in, in the space. Um, yeah. But, like, I feel like if there is a place for development of that, it would probably be, like, not not necessarily... They're not necessarily kids' games, but, like, ones that are appealing to kids, which I think would be interesting. Like, again, like Breath of the Wild and, and a little bit more of a, uh, of a more firmer co-op in, like, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Infinity, that's probably true. R.I.P. Mm. Yeah, but you know, I think the thing you're saying is true, though. Where like, if you want a co-op experience like this, the place to look is indie games, because um, yeah. there are plenty of really fun catch co-op indie games. Um, 
Uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time, fantastic. Um, what the hell is that cooking game I always talk about? Uh, uh, Overcooked. Overcooked. Overcooked, phenomenal. <laughs> the, um, the stereoscopic Overcooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, there's there's a never ending plethora of them if you if you know how to look in the right places. So I guess but, party um, games, isn't that? Yeah, par- I mean, party games are great right now. Like, there's a lot of them. And um, but I think specifically when you're talking about like co-op where you're supposed to be playing together and working together, um, I do believe we're going to see more of that. I think a way out is going to show that there's a market for this if you make a good game and you make it at, at the right budget. Mm. Um, so let's wrap it up here. Uh, he's got two more things for us. Uh, so Harris uh, says Bioshock is an, is an amazing game series. However, I am extremely nervous for another team to take the reins on it. I hate to see the series take a turn to be behind series take a turn series take a turn to be behind loot boxes and microtransactions a season pass is fine with future dlcs sigh <laughs> i am afraid of the legacy being marred by story or gameplay in favor uh in favor of a pay-to-play model i don't think you have to worry about that go ahead peg See, you're going to get mad at me, but you know what had the same exact issue where they had three and then suddenly for the fourth one, the uh, like another studio took it and it went to shit? Yup. Sly fucking four. And you oh. know what? That could happen here. He oh has every right to be afraid. I can't every believe right to be afraid. you connected that. It always comes back to Sly four with him. I love the um, six degrees of Sly. <laughs> What are we talking about? Okay. Peggy fucking hates Sly Cooper 4, and I'm not going to let yes. you tell the story again on the show. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a game that's just like okay at best if you're really they looking made, for it. Was it was terrible, and they fucked up the storyline. And oh I can my God. see that Stop! being an issue. We're done. We're done. We're, we're done. We're done. No, no, no. We're done. I don't think you, you have to worry correct. about that stuff, Harris. I don't think you have to worry about that stuff. I, I think you do. Nah. Uh, Bioshock Bioshock has a legacy that I don't think that, like, they're going to mar with those things. I can't guarantee the game's going to be good, but, like, the idea of, like, loot boxes or microtransactions microtransactions in Bioshock, or at least in the main game, is probably not realistic. That's Um, fair, yeah. Maybe if there's a multiplayer like they had in Bioshock Infinite, sure, but I don't care about that. And if you do, I don't understand why you do. Uh, in terms of season passes and stuff like that, that's fine. I don't have any problem with season passes. I've made my position on them well-known here. If you have a problem with the season pass, don't buy it, you know? You don't have to play the DLC. Like, that's fine, you know? And if you want to play the DLC, buy it a la carte. If you want to save money, get the season pass. You know, like, I think when it comes to this stuff, you got to speak with your wallet. And if you want a AAA game like Bioshock, you need to accept that that's part of the pricing model at this point because they don't make enough money otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, I when the announcement of a new Bioshock came out, I was really excited until I remembered that the uh, original team isn't isn't behind it anymore. Yeah, no more Ken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rip. Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully something good comes out of it. Yeah, I mean, like Thompson said, Bioshock Two was not made by them either, and it was good. Yeah. So yeah. Granted, they were building on what had already been established by those people. Especially with the story, because it does take place in Rapture and stuff, so the framework was yeah. totally there. And then you come to Infinite, and it's like, that's a that's pretty much a fresh start. And it still, of course, yeah. connects back, but it's like, you know, um, that was... that was. There, I don't know if this team's going to build off Infinite, or if they're going to try... I mean, obviously, we don't know anything. So Yeah, we'll have know. to see. And we talked about this enough last week, so let's move on. All right, uh, Harris's last comment is uh, Mega Man and Shenmue. Shen- Shenmue? Shenmue. 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 Uh, Shenmue. Uh, Shenmue. 
Mega Man and Shenmue are coming back gets all the hype. Expect a Shenmue 3 announcement this year at E3. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I think you can take that one to the fucking bank, my friend. Uh, all right. So thank you again for writing in, Harris. Love to hear from you. And uh, I'd love to see you write into this show more regularly because your comments are always very stimulating over on the Comics Pals. So, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for writing in, buddy. Uh, and remember, if you want to write in and let us know what you're playing this week or, you know, talk to us about this or any other episode of the Video Game Pals and hear your thoughts right on the air just like Harris did, uh, you can hit us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. You can also follow our sister show at the Comics Pals wherever your social media is sold and keep up with all the cool shit we're doing here at the Pals Network. Um, we've got a lot of good shows. They're great. Check them out. Uh, if you're an audio listener, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a like on your platform of choice. Or if you really want to help us out, head over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated podcast. And uh, give us a rating. Really helps the show get recognized. And uh, as Sean likes to say over on the Comics Pals, it helps us a lot more than it costs you. Um, and if you're over on YouTube, you can do us a solid by liking the video, subscribing to the channel if you haven't already, and, uh, if you are a subscriber, click that little notification bell, because YouTube's been a fucking dumpster fire lately, and if you want to actually see when our videos go live, that's the best way you can do it. And then last but not least, the best thing you can do to help out the show is, uh, share it with your pals, you know, let them know that we're out here, we're doing the show, we've been doing it for 52 weeks, we're gonna be doing it for at least 52 more, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, let them know that you're enjoying it, and you think they might too. So with that, I guess that means it's time for the news. The news. We talking about the news. The news. The news. We talking about the news. All right. So we've got not not much. Not much this week, you guys. It's uh, we've it's been a bit of a slow news, news week. But right, that doesn't mean that it wasn't enough for the industry to just take Thompson's hopes and dreams and just hold them in their palm like a small bird and just squish it. Drop it. Yeah. My hopes and dreams were the vermin under the mighty boot of the industry this week. So, thanks, Let's Pete. start it off with <laughs> Castlevania is back on iOS. Womp womp. Oh, you had one so, job. That means had, I can do it. You had one <laughs> job for Castlevania. It's just not be on iOS. Make a real game that doesn't suck. Come on. Well, uh, I know, I know. The hope, There's stuff to it. The hope. There's stuff to it. There is stuff to it. It sounds pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Uh, despite being an iOS game, uh, it's called Grimoire of Shadows, Castlevania Grimoire of Shadows. Uh, the game apparently features up to four-player co-op, co-op game right there, uh, including a competitive mode, a brand new story for the series, which is set, quote, in a future where Count Dracula has been completely destroyed. Um, of course, the newly found piece doesn't last long, and the protagonist of the story is a dude named uh, Genya Arikado. And uh, he gets a letter telling him that the Grimoire has run wild and Count Dracula will be resurrected. So, cool. Uh, sounds like a Castlevania game. And then um, there's also going to be like a 4v4 competitive mode. There's a four-player co-op boss rush mode. So it seems like there's a very big emphasis on, on cooperative play, um, which is interesting. And then uh, in addition to Genya, there's also a supporting character named Lucy, who's like a young um, magician who's apparently super talented, and she's like his partner. But then you're also going to be able to use classics from around the series like Alucard and Simon and Charlotte and Shinoa and um, Maria. So and then they said that there's going to be, quote, an emphasis on pairs. So it definitely seems like this game is intended to be played with somebody, which is interesting. Not something you've really seen on mobile before. Peggy. Yeah. In the Castlevania Netflix Netflix series, is Maria the one that is the the mage? No. 
Oh, no, I have no I, idea what her name is. But she's that's I, an original I, character, I think. Yeah, oh, it is? I okay. don't hundred percent know if she's original or not. I don't. I don't remember because there's so much, so much, and the storylines and timelines are all left up. But uh, Maria, I remember, is in Symphony of the Night, and she's like this blonde lady trying to save Richter, and that's where I know she is at least. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. Ah, it's all good. There's no, a million fine. characters, and not, like Shinoa's from a entirely different thing where she has no crossover to anyone else, and it's mm-hmm. crazy, you know. Would have been cool to play as her, though, just saying. All right, anyway. But yeah, so th- that to me makes it sound like these characters are going to be, like, teams. Like, you're going to be able to play, like, and play as a group. And they'll, like, be working together in some way. Um, and they said that it's going to have uh, in uh, music from previous entries in the series, stuff like that. No release date yet, but there is a Japanese beta that you can uh, sign up for if you want. And I've linked to uh, an IGN article down below where you can click through there and, um, you know, sign up if you want. So, Thompson, uh, yeah. obviously this is coming to iOS first, So, but if this came to Android, do you think you'll check it out? Um, I don't think my phone would be able to do it because it's not really, like, you know, good. I don't really have any other Android thing that would run this. So, unfortunately, this is kind of, like, gated mm. from my access. I'm, I'm trying to think if your tablet would be able to play it. Maybe not. It's, it's an old one. It's a Samsung for sure, and it has Android stuff, but it hasn't been, like, had any updates given to it in a long time, so it's almost, like, not working at this point, you know? Well, assume assume you could play it. Like, I, I mean, I'd check it out do anything could, for you? For sure. Like, it, it, no, not really. Like, I didn't, I didn't want a, a co-op Castlevania game. I wanted, like, a, it, to me, Castlevania is, like, a single-player thing. Like, the four-player stuff is cool, you know, in the same way that, like, when we were talking about the Mega Man stuff, how doing, like, uh, you know, the two versus one is cool. It's, like, a neat spin on it, but I would have rather yeah. had, like, a core Castlevania uh, experience first, and then they could like if there was regular Castlevania games coming out, that would be one thing. But yeah, it's just like this is the next one in the in like a long line of games that I haven't really cared about so, a lot of them. You know, like the 3DS titles or the DS titles in general were, were pretty good, but like uh, the PlayStation ones, I never really you know the 3D one, eh, I didn't really care for them too much. Um, so like this is neat, you know, it's got some cool characters and all that. And if I could play it, I'd play it, but I don't think it would, you know, like do it for me. And I certainly wouldn't like pay 50 or 60 bucks for this experience because oh, of course not no yeah. no i mean if this was sold as a game as like a co-op castlevania thing in the same way like gundam versus is just like a gundam fighting game like i don't okay, buy I fighting games but i bought that and like i don't necessarily want a co-op uh castlevania game that i'd have to pay for like i'll play the free you know version of it sure yeah i, I uh i wonder if this isn't to maybe like try to gauge interest in Castlevania and like if this does well maybe they will bring back a, a traditional yeah. Castlevania but I don't think so. I don't I don't think Which it's is- to gauge interest. It's just if to me it kind of it's it's saddening to kind of hear this game being announced cuz for me it feels like that last hurrah almost where they're kind of like yeah all these characters are in yeah. it and all these things and it's just like and it's a free to play game probably and it's like uh, that's kind of like the death knell of, of a series. Dracula's totally destroyed. Like, okay, you know, like he's really think, dead this time. Do you think they're trying to cash in on like the? Uh, from what I understand, Fortnite is especially on iOS. You know, mm-hmm. you can. I was gonna mention this. Damn it. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Uh, do you think you'll be able to sort of cross platform and like? Do you think they're trying to cash in on the? Probably the iOS co-op stuff way. that like Fortnite has sort of yeah maybe to... maybe not directly as like hey let's make this to cash in like because Fortnite did it but like I 
can see any company realizing that there's money to be had and they have this IP they're sitting on and they're like, what can we do with it? What can we do that? Like Fire Emblem Heroes. It's like, the fuck, why not? I'm going to put it on mobile. Like, you know, why the hell not? Like Castlevania, like, I don't think it doesn't belong on mobile, but I don't think that this, like, I'm not excited that this is the next game, you know? Yeah, it's just a shame in the context of the fact that the series has been largely abandoned and now this is how they're bringing it back. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, this isn't what Castlevania fans want. Um, exactly like which, this isn't yeah, bad but this is not what i wanted so yeah that's that's a bummer um so yeah I, we'll see on this one i i think uh to, to answer your question kale like yeah i mean i i feel like people are like realizing there's blood in the water in mobile sure. and that if you can make a, a decent mobile game like there's money to be made because yeah. most mobile games are not good yeah so like mm-hmm. if you actually put out a game that's actually high quality and optimized well and like what a works on the platform yeah like i mean fortnite isn't even out of fucking beta yet yeah. and it's made like 150 million dollars on fucking ios yeah because it actually like, works and it's like it's, yeah. it's a quality build and like some people have said that it plays better on the ios than it ever did on their pc you know, because of like the internet or something, or maybe the PC wasn't great. You know, it's just like, I've got a tablet and it works. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, like I know like it's a huge problem in schools right now. Right. Like, kids are fucking playing it. And it's, it's like, so yeah, I mean like, you know, you look at the success of something like that or even the lesser success of something like Fire Emblem Heroes, uh, you know, like, yeah, there's, there's money to be made. I mean, also like it's been a long time since we've had an iOS game that's really good on story too. I think the one time yeah, probably uh, Republic, which was a uh, an iOS thing that turned into a PC thing, and then they messed up the last act because of like technical issues. Like the game would literally crash when you entered a greenhouse or something like that. Oh, but like, no. uh, if you nice. look it up, it was actually a really, really awesome story, and it was really well done. Um, but it just like it it's really the only one that I would consider like. Well, the story is the driving thing. There's others, but they're few and far between. Like, right. um, yeah, yeah. like I know there was like a simple lost phone game was like really popular that was like that, and uh, Monument Valley. Um, okay. And there was that. Yeah, yeah. There was that other one that like just came out. Uh, I'm trying to look up the name of it. There's like about a relationship ending and stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking um, about. Um, right, like. I'm trying to look it up. It had like a graphic novel component to it. Uh, yeah, somehow. yeah. And it's like there's no, there's no dialogue. It's just like I don't know. It's, or, it's super cool. It's it's literally the name of it is just like a it's just a woman's name. So it's like not easy to Catherine. I'll just call it Catherine like that, because yeah. that's yeah. I mean, let's just call it that for now. Well, whatever. Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm not going to spend any more time looking at because there's but... already another a third Catherine. So why not a fourth Catherine? An entire game Catherine. called Catherine on top of Catherine. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, yes. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Mm. Um, but moving right along, uh, to keep Thompson down. This one really Dark hurt. Souls, <laughs> this one Dark really Souls hurt, yeah. Remastered has been delayed on Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I, um, I thought it was, uh, when you know, like, I'm always cool with delays and everything, but I think this was the one time I was like, this was too damn close. Like, you can't you can't do that to me. I was set to go, man. I, I had, you know, man. Like, I had the this money. One, this one cut. <laughs> yeah, this one cut deep. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's like you offered the money in that take my money gift, but they just walked away instead. They did. And it's also like the fact that it's like only a month before it was supposed to come out. That's it's what like, I mean. oh, it's it so was close. too close. It's like, oh no. If you fuck. said this like last month, we're cool. It'd be like whatever, yeah. Like, okay, fine. But you waited until um, it was like <sighs> Yeah. It's just it's like, a bummer. I started making mental plans on how, when I was gonna play it, <laughs> like the days I would do it, and it's just like, damn man. <laughs> it's like Christmas but, got moved, um, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. Yeah, so it was originally planned for a May 25th release, which is where it, when it's still coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, oh, but yeah. now it's been delayed to summer 2018, which is, like, super vague, too. Oh, so. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the uh, Solar Amiibo that is going to accompany the game has also been delayed into the summer release window. And um, oh, no, Dark Souls bullshit. on Twitter. Yeah. As long as they uh, make more of them, then I might be able to get one, then that's cool. That's the thing is they All should right. just send out the ones that they already pre-ordered and just do another batch because people would fuck. They went in, like, five minutes. I know. Like, I really yeah. want one. It's it the first Amiibo, amiibo. I want to buy. Um, but yeah, so, uh, on the Dark Souls Twitter, they said, rest assured, this time will ultimately be used to improve your journey to Lordran. 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 Sorry, I couldn't let you butcher butcher that in front of me. Lauren. The, your journey to Lauren. I'm gonna Um, scream. Oh, you found the name of that iOS game. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, this is obviously a bummer if you're looking forward to this game, but, you know. um, What are you going to do, you know? Right. And and I'm sure that they're going to fix it up. There's something wrong or whatever. I'd rather them fix it. But God damn, did you just have to do it so close? (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's funny just because one of the things that was pointed out in the Polygon article here was like there was no reason given for the delay. And it was surprising because they were showing it at uh, Mm -hmm. an event a few weeks ago and everyone was like, looks good. Yeah, I I saw gameplay. uh, They... They must have found some blatant game issue, like some kind of bug that they're just like, no, we can't ship it like this. Like it's, huh. yeah. you know, the, you know, cause it's like, you got to just think, man, it's the old Miyamoto saying, right? Like uh, a delay is a delay, but a broken game is broken forever. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, you'd rather have that three month, six month delay and have the game be perfect when you get it yeah. or as perfect as it can be, you know? Well, I would agree hundred percent, except for the caveat that this is a souls game and we are uh sadists and we hate ourselves because that's why we play. And you want to play the most broken game of and the- we're possible. used to jank. And I think at this point, if like you said, Hey, dark souls remastered the, the epitome of jank had like uh, 1% jank left and we'll patch it in a month. I'd be like, fuck it. I don't care. Just give it to me at this jank point. Edition. <laughs> that's like, the original game was Jank Edition. This is already leaps and bounds better. If there's a problem, I'm okay. As long as I'm not flying through the game like Radical Heights, it's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, you're playing a, a, a game that literally only has the frames for buildings. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 we're I'm cool. Let's go. A lot of <laughs> like, the needle's in my arm. Let's let's inject some souls, you know? Let's do it. <laughs> I, I was ready, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, moving right along to one of our favorite developing stories, uh, and I'm so upset that Sean's not here because he loves to get salty about the Atari box. Oh, it, yeah. Thanks Ooh, to the year. I it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Hit, hit us. Good. I All right. So, I don't understand. Because it's the dumbest thing None ever. None of us do. Um, <laughs> Thanks to Eurogamer, we now know more about the Atari box, which they changed the name of, for no reason, to the VCS. Doesn't have a good ring to it, guys. No, it Atari doesn't. box? Much better name. Don't know what you're doing over there. Um, What's it stand for? Video classic. We don't know. Hey, that might actually be it. That's not a bad thing. Damn, man. That's a video game. They just cut out the space. (laughs) They're just like, fuck all of you. Video (laughs) Video game classics system. Videlectrics console software. Virtual console software. Ooh, that's better. (gasps) Virtual console get burned! (laughs) All right. So... Uh, Matthew Reynolds from Eurogamer got the opportunity to interview the COO of Atari Connected Devices, Michael Ar- Arzert. Arts. Arts. Art. No, that's you're right. Arts. You got it. Uh, at this guess. year's GDC conference, and uh, gave us some clarification about what this fucking thing actually is. 
Um, so this is this is just right from his article. Uh, you should go check the whole thing out. We're not gonna we're just gonna like kind of cherry pick because it's a long interview. Um, but if you're as morbidly fucking curious in this device as I am, you should go read this. Um, but from Matthew. Uh, Rich from Digital Foundry called the device a, quote, hard sell when evaluating the system last year. And though Arts had had plenty to say, our conversation admittedly did little to change my mind. There was, however, some clarification of what the VCS will be. Is it a retro box like the NES Mini? No, though it will play classic games. Nor is it a closed system like a PlayStation or Xbox, thanks to a a Linux sandbox mode. It lets you stream music, browse the internet, and check email like you would with a PC, except you can hook it up to your TV. But it will have a console-style front end and a store, with plans to resurrect its huge roster of classic properties. So, um... So it's... So so it's web TV. It's a set box. It's It's a a Roku and a Steam box put together. Yeah, or like... Are you guys too young to remember web TV? Yeah, no, I'm older than these guys. Yeah, he's older than you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But what TV <laughs> just sucked, so I never used it. Sorry. Wait, no, it's fucking terrible. But oh, okay. I thought you were a fan of it. I wasn't trying to shit all over you. It just. Um, <laughs> TV. But yeah, I mean, it's it sounds like a mixture between like a Chromecast and like if the Ouya was good, maybe. <laughs> but like, will it be? That's the question. Uh, so Arts goes on to describe the device as more of a set-top box, really, like, you know, with a game store, uh, rather than, like, a true competitor to modern home consoles. Um, so this is this is a quote from Arts. He says, the question that Matthew asked was, like, so what, like, why would you buy this? Like, what is, like, what sets this apart from, like, iPhones and pat- tablets? There's all these other devices you can do this shit on. Why would you get the Atari box? Which is what I'm still going to call it, because the VCS is a dumb name. Um, and he said... It's less expensive than a PC, and it doesn't require you to have your laptop plugged into the TV. It'll control many aspects of the TV, and it'll also let you do things on that TV that, because it'll have voice control, because it'll have a really easy navigation system, things like that, it'll make computing on the television easier. Uh. You'll be able to hook a wireless or USB mouse and keyboard to it, if you want, and uh, it'll do all that stuff. It's an open platform like any PC. The controllers are Bluetooth and will work with any PC. Uh... This VCS controller, and then, you know, they showed off the controller. It's basically, he says, uh, it's a modern Xbox-style controller. Looks very much like that, just with an Atari logo, basically. Um, but somebody who doesn't have the box could still buy one of these and use it with their Android or their PC. He then also clarified that it would work with any Bluetooth or USB controller. So literally anything's on the table. If you want to use an Xbox controller, PlayStation controller, both of those would be an option for you. Uh... And then when asked about the price point, he said, we've been talking about a price point of $250 to $299. We're always hoping we can do better. This guy's a um, cop. <laughs> I was going to say, the way, the way that this guy describes it when he's asked, it's like, it'll do this, it'll do that, whatever. It's like, yeah, it'll do all that stuff. Don't worry. I, I kind of think of, like, not a sneaker oil salesman, but just below, one tick below, yeah. where they're like, yeah, man, don't worry. It's going to do all that shit. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's cool. You know, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it, this. What do you want it to do? Yeah, it'll right. do all those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be 300 bucks. You no, want please it to be tell bucks? us what you want it to do. <laughs> yeah, we're building a box over here. It's got our name all over, but we don't know what it does. Do you want it to do something? Let us know. I, I seriously think when, when you know the, the best thing about this like that we've been following this forever right and we don't know anything about it and every time an article or anything comes out about it we know maybe something about it but like I feel like they're taking us for a wild ride every fucking time like they don't I feel like they never knew what this thing did they announced it and we speculated as a whole as the internet and we were the focus group and they're like yeah let's build that 
Whatever you people thought the, it did. Do you want to hear the funny thing? What? Do you remember the very first time we talked about this? And I was, I literally was just like, vaporware, vaporware, mm-hmm. vaporware. Yeah. In this interview, he literally says, we released it, and the first thing people said was vaporware. And I'm like, you're right. We did. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, yeah, I guess I just, just seem... I, I'm sure Rock, we're paper, about scissors, to say go. the same thing. <laughs> I, like, uh, I, yeah, go for it. I don't, I don't understand. Because, like... Atari was like the first one, right? Like, and yep, basically, yeah. Like all of their it. classic games are, they're good and they're classics for a reason. But like, what are you offering here? Yeah, and like, it's just yeah. not clear. And like, it's still not clear. There hasn't been like, there hasn't been an announcement of like they're making new games. They're resurrecting, you know, uh, centipede in a. A God of War style RPG and like, like <laughs> that sounds cool. I would play the sh- I'd play the shit out of that. <laughs> it's like it seems like it would be cool, right? Like they're probably listening. Take it, it's fine. It, take it uh, for free. I'll write it for you. But like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what is this for? <laughs> I know. What, it's... Just what is this? Period. Because it just seems like it's a lot of different things, and it just it it's so. What is its identity? What is it? <laughs> Like, I know you just explained it, but what is it? And, like, that price point is, like, 250 bucks. It's, like, I mean, if, if you if you can actually use it as a real computer and it's good at that, fine. But, like, if you're trying to sell it as a video game console, right? Like, you're, you're trying to position it that way. That's, like, the same price as a Switch. Which, like, this is Atari. They should be. Right. So and- it's, like... Why would I buy that when I could buy a Nintendo Switch? Yeah, when like I am sitting here and I've got I've got a watch that's a computer. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, having yeah, having know. something be a computer these days when everything is able to like interact with each other and everything you know everyone's already got these setups. I feel like I don't think anyone's just branching into this market in their home. Like I'm sure everyone has the way that they want to see TV or something close to it, and every way that they if they're a gamer want to play games. So you're really trying to pull from so many people on so many things and you know i I just don't see how this is gonna uh, they gotta come out with something like and just be like look this is where we this is what it does you know like the guy's talking like it does all these things that's great i don't care how many functionalities it has the fuck am i buying this for that thing is like everything does that and it's like like my my playstation does all those things why would i buy this being a computer like yeah a car today or even 20 years ago has more technology than the first space shuttle being a computer today doesn't mean a refrigerator does yeah it's like so fucking what that it has wi-fi i can buy a fridge with a screen that can play video and spotify so like what do you do it's got bluetooth okay you know how you know this guy's a cop is he in in the thing where he's talking about and he's talking about oh it's gonna appeal to like the older atari gamer because like obviously that's who we're marketing to but like young people we're gonna get them too because like they care about social media and streaming things like pandora and i was like you said pandora you're a cop yep yep yeah i mean specifically he does cite pandora and and look i may not be the hippest kid on the block but even i know this is not the cell you want to go for man like (laughs) this is not here's my here's my one caveat here i think the one thing that this could be interesting for and i don't think it'll appeal to a mass market but uh, if you're a huge fucking dork and you know anything about, like, huge fucking dork subcultures with computers, like, the whole Raspberry Pi movement of people having little Linux boxes that are sure. built yeah. to be modulated, yeah. if this is built on Linux and you can do that with it, 
that would be cool. Like, if I can get in and really fuck with the guts of this thing, I'll buy one and turn it into the perfect emulator box. And put literally every fucking game on every platform ever made on it. And then be like, cool, it works for the PlayStation or Xbox controller. And I don't have to fuck around with my computer or whatever if I want to play an old game. But that will totally, completely kill the hype over this. Because that's yeah, a very you're just using it market. To, yeah. Like, you're, you're hyping Peggy, this up. Peggy, for... what hype? What hype? <laughs> there is zero hype. Also, let's assume okay, you're right, you're... Pete. <sighs> it's like, how many people percentage even use Linux to start? between the split of yeah, Apple and Microsoft, true. if every one no of one. them gave a shit on doing this, no. even yeah. then it, it still, still wouldn't be It would still not be worth it. Right. If, yeah. No, absolutely. So it's going to, it's like the amount of people I feel like that even do that are so minuscule. Like they should probably make a few thousand of these and be like, yeah, we'll just sell like five grand and see what happens. You know, like what's like, like a million units? Like uh, need more specifics, need more everything, anything. Just fucking tell us why <laughs> like you can you can go to walmart and get a a, a a joystick controller that has the atari games on it oh yeah for yeah for sure bucks. yeah like like a plug, not, a plug yeah. and play atari system for sure yeah and, and and we can assume that people mostly have like a playstation or a, or like an xbox at this point and you can get like the playstation view services if you really want to do like tv crap you know that they're saying tv stuff yeah. you can always go through your playstation and do youtube and all the other crap you want to see it's like this doesn't do anything for me yeah i don't i don't see who this is for yeah yeah, you know? yeah. every time this thing comes out either. or an article right, comes they, out they clearly don't um, so yeah, but I don't know. I'm I'm still so morbidly interested in this yeah. story. I can't wait for this fucking thing to come out. Weirdly just, curious um, for this mystery box. Yep. Yeah, it's just, I mean, hey, that wood paneling looks sweet. It does. That's the thing is the box looks beautiful. Yeah. Love the box. Yeah. Love that. the design. We'll see. Oh, that's the thing, man. It's like, I, I if it goes the way of the Ouya, but it is modular, I'll just buy it at a thing. Target for like $10 like three years later and then turn it into an emulator box and I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of classic companies working on concerning products, Bioware's general manager, Casey Hudson, has made a post on the Bioware blog to talk to fans about the importance of story in Anthem. Uh, so I'm just going to read this one for you because this, uh, just goes right into what we were talking about earlier with Dragon Age and Mass Effect and, uh... Yeah, what a segue. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm excited for this one, for, for what he's got to say here. So uh, Casey writes in and, well, writes in, he posts and says, humans, it's going to be an exciting year. There's so much going on that I wanted to set up a blog where I can share some thoughts and news with you directly. This is the very first entry entry in a series where I'd like to talk about our vision for Bioware, what that means for our upcoming titles, and share some stories about development as we head towards the launch of Anthem. I started at Bioware 20 years ago. I've worked on several of our titles, most notably the producer-director of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic and the Mass Effect trilogy. A few years ago, I took some time away to try something different and had an amazing experience working at Microsoft on Mixed Reality and HoloLens. But the Great White North called me home once again when I was offered the opportunity to return to Bioware as general manager. The idea of leaving the company that I was a part of building for so long and returning to work on the game that I, game worlds that I love was one that I couldn't pass up. When I returned to Bioware last summer, Mass Effect Andromeda had just been released and there was a significant movement among players asking for a DLC that would answer questions surrounding the fate of the Quarians. As you know, we were not able to deliver story DLCs for Andromeda. This was as frustrating for us as it was for players, and it was something we knew we had to solve in future games. 
That experience ultimately became a defining moment in refocusing BioWare's mission. We need to delight players with new experiences and innovation, but we must stay focused on the importance of the world, character, and story-building elements that players expect from our games. And our games must be designed to continue delivering new stories and experiences in an ongoing relationship with players in the worlds we're evolving together. It's in that spirit that we are working through production on Anthem, a game designed to create a whole new world of story and character that you can experience with friends in an ongoing series of adventures. It will be unlike anything you've ever played, but if we do it right, it will feel very distinctly Bioware. Next time, I'll talk more about how our updated studio mission is helping to focus our work on Anthem and the games that will follow. Casey. Damn. That's literally every single fucking thing I want to hear from. Yeah, that that really yeah. hit every note that we've been complaining about as fans of of Bioware fans. Like, not we're complaining because we're mad, but we want you to succeed, man. And it's because I know you're capable of more. Yeah, it's it's really nice to hear that. You know. Yep. Also, I mean, like Anthem the dude. will be like nothing I've ever played before. I'm not gonna hold him to that, but that's a bold claim. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, I had no hype for this game, so that made me have like a little. You know, a little hype for the If game. they deliver on what their promise of it is, it will be unlike anything else, and that's really cool. Um, but that's the thing is, like, Casey Hudson is the dude, right? Like, KOTOR, Mass Effect, like, he's one of the core, core pillars of Bioware. That's true. And to get him back and have him be in charge in a place where he can really affect change of how the, the organization is run is hugely important and something I was really excited about. And hearing him say this and promise that he's going to update us about, like, what that actually means soon is cool. Because I wouldn't have read this otherwise. You know, it's like, that's an empty promise. But in being like, I'm going to come back with another post that's actively showing you how we're trying to work on the story in Anthem and make sure it's a priority, good. Show me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. And uh, it's, it's great to hear, man. Like, I, we, you know, we were talked off the side a million times how worried we are for the studio. We don't want them to go under. You know, we, we know that they can do great things again, so. Yeah, I mean, when when they're at their peak, Bioware's my favorite development studio. So I all I want to see is a return to glory for them. And uh, I think Casey's Casey's the person to lead them there. So best of luck. And uh, I will certainly be rooting for you. Um, so in probably the weirdest news story this week, Firewatch developer Campo Santo has been purchased by Valve. Um, really weird move. Like Valve has not historically done this. You know, like they've made teams. Um, they've acquired people. But to buy a, a studio outright and keep it intact is something that I, we haven't really seen them do, and it's an interesting move. I've seen... Um, Half-Life 3 confirmed. That's exactly what I was going to say. I've seen, uh, like, I, as jokey as that is, and as many April Fool's Day pranks as I've fallen for, uh, for mm. Half-Life 3, like, from what I understand, this seems like the kind of move that, like, uh, Valve would start sort of regain... Re, uh, not removing, but, like, removing you know replacing their sort of um story-based content right because mostly they're steam right now right like yeah and like the very few games that they actually operate like they do dota 2 is is owned by valve and you know they have like a team that works on that they have a team for csgo Yeah. yeah they have a team for tf2 that still supports it and all that shit but yeah no you're like you're totally right that um in general they haven't done a story-based game since portal 2 yeah with the yeah. smashing um, success of hunt down the freeman they decided that they wanted to actually work on half-life 3 because they can't let in all these fan games ruin and sully <laughs> the great name of half-life so i don't know man it's like i think this is interesting because 
I wonder if this is indicative of a, of a bigger trend in within Valve. Is like, are we going to see Valve start acquiring partners now? Like, is Valve going to move to become a bigger publisher of games? Uh, which, if so, holy shit, Valve is going to make so much money. Yeah. Because, like, the fact that they are, they could get to a point where they're, like, have a Netflix-style thing where, like, we make the content, we own the content, we own the means of distribution for the content. Holy shit, they got you coming and going, man. Yeah. Like, and it's genius. Like, that's what they should be doing, you know? Um, and it sounds like Campo Santo is only benefiting from it, you know? Um, Valve, like I said, they have p- plans to keep the studio intact. Uh, they're not going to be splitting them up. The project that they were working on, they're going to be absorbing. And um, according to Jason, what an actual video game journalist looks like, Schreier, uh, the team has already, like, had some pretty cool experiences. Like, they went to Valve's annual Hawaii retreat. They're going to be getting a brand new office in Seattle. Um, so, sounds like it's going well for them. Uh, and then after Jason broke this story, Campo Santo made a blog post over on their um, their website, which I'm just going to read to you guys because uh, it's not too long. And... Um, I've just, I'm happy for these guys, you know? So it says, The 12 of us at Campo Santo have agreed to join Valve, where we will maintain our jobs as video game developers and continue production on our current project in the Valley of, of Gods, which looks dope. Uh, if you're the type of person who gives two flips about this news, we can elaborate a little bit on this big decision. First, we really like making video games. Furthermore, and perhaps more accurately, we really like making and producing entertainment. From the day-to-day production of our last game, Firewatch, to the way we run the company, make merchandise, meet players at expos and shows, send out a quarterly literary journal, throw open to the public game demos in the middle of an artificial forest, all of it is geared towards surprising, delighting, and entertaining the customers who have shared in our success. In Valve, we found a group of folks who, to their core, feel same way about the work that they do this you may be surprised to learn doesn't happen every day in us they found a group with a unique experience and valuable diverse perspectives it quickly became an obvious match Second, while visiting visiting IGN's headquarters in early 2015 to talk about Firewatch, we came across an undelivered 2011 Game of the Year award for Portal 2. It happened to be engraved on an unopened bottle of champagne. Never ones to pass up free alcohol, we stole it and drank it to celebrate the launch of Firewatch a year later. So in some sense, this is a return home for us. Well, for that bottle of champagne. (laughs) Third and last, we had a series of long conversations with the people at Valve, and everyone shared the satisfaction we take in working with people whose talents dwarf our own to make things we never thought possible. Both sides spoke about our values and how, when you get right down to it, we, as human beings, are hardly hard limited by the time we have left when it comes to making the things we care about and believe in. They asked us if we'd all be be interested in coming up to the Bellevue and doing that there, and we said yes yes we're still making in the valley valley of gods as a valve game yes we'll still support firewatch and yes we'll still produce the quarterly review and our regular blog content thanks so much for your interest in our games and we'll see you in washington cheers campo santo so sounds good yeah i mean this is awesome and uh it sounds like a great acquisition i mean valve isn't one to fuck with success yeah so um yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it seems like this is going to fill a really relevant gap in their portfolio, which is something that people, I think, want to see from them. And yeah. getting these, you know, getting this group of people, maybe they could use their expertise on the next, you know, Half-Life. Maybe. And Never even knows. if, even, yeah, even if it's not Half-Life or Portal or, you know, the other stuff that Valve is known for, like, it could be something totally new, which would be rad. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So this is uh this is dope, and I'm I'm definitely glad I'm glad to see it work out for him, and uh, I hope I hope we get some good games from it. 
All right, so our last news story is going to take us right into our meat and potatoes discussion this week because uh, one of Nintendo's official magazines have confirmed that the upcoming Pokemon game on Switch will be a part of Generation 8. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty big news. Um, You know, definitely not a foregone conclusion. That's what I was assuming, but to really get it written out for us in black and white is is pretty significant, Um, especially because it makes me wonder... Did we see the last 3DS Pokemon game? Because I wonder if we might still get a uh, the re-release of Gen 4. Because that's got to be coming at some point. And does that come on 3DS? Or does that come on Nintendo Switch? Gen 4 is Diamond Diamond and Pearl. Diamond right? Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, it's that time. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the the last rumor we heard was that uh, the Switch version, I think, would be Pokemon Stars. Well, that, that was something I had heard originally, yeah. but I think, like, this obviously fucking kills that, right? Like, and the fact that, like, we never ever got the announcement of Stars. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things I remember hearing about Stars was that that was an internal project to see how, like, they would make a Pokemon game look on Switch using those assets, sure. but they never okay. actually intended to release it. Interesting. Yeah. Because we got USM, you know? So it's like... Yeah. I don't think Ultra Sun and Moon. Sorry for those who don't know um, that abbreviation. So I don't know. Um, but so something to chew on. But let's jump into the story. Uh, so posted online by Twitter user at Raku Rak Rakru. I don't know. It says her name's Annabella. I'm gonna call her Annabella. These images show segments from the Spanish edition of uh, one of Pokemon or Pokemon's magazines, one of Nintendo's magazines. And uh, there's a small section talking about Pokemon for Switch that indicates that we will see the eighth generation of the series, and that Pokemon, the Pokemon Company, are rethinking the saga to surprise fans with new mechanics. Um, and it says that the games will arrive in 2018 or later, but we already knew that. So that's uh. That's that's two little bombs there, right? So we know we're getting a new generation. We know we're getting new mechanics, um, which you know I think I think we all expected. But to get that confirmation in some official form, interesting. So I wanted to open the floor to you guys and, and ask, what are you looking for in the eighth generation of Pokemon? Like, what do you want to see Pokemon change when it made the jump from 3ds to Switch? You know. An established social services system that actually take care of these goddamn parents and just let their kids run around for no fucking reason. We need social workers to take care of these children. I want Pokemon to address the real fucking issues. Like, why was there this war? I would love to write that manga. I'll that would be what. that would be cool. Um, Gotta catch them all. All the deadbeat parents that decide their kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll kick this off and, and maybe this will get your, your juices churning because, um, I have a, a, a YouTube channel I enjoy quite a bit called, uh, The Dex. They're a Pokemon focused channel. They have a great podcast. And, um, they, they once posited an idea that I, I can't get past ever since they brought it up. And, uh, the, the pitch was, what if we did kind of a Breath of the Wild approach to Pokemon, right? And you can allow Pokemon to, you know, still be accessible to kids or whatever. But just open up the formula a little bit, right? Like, reintroduce the element of exploration that used to be a very, very heavy element of the game. And now it's just kind of, it's a funnel, 
You know, every Pokemon game funnels you to the next thing, and Sun and Moon are the worst offenders of it. It's never, I've, there's never been a Pokemon game that felt more handholdy, where it's just putting you down a path. And I think reopening the game up a little bit is my number one thing I want to see. And even if they don't go full in on this thing that I'm suggesting, that is my biggest thing is I want to see a Breath of the Wildization of Pokemon of like, let's blow up the formula and really blow it up, you know? And, and I don't think that means you have to even get rid of gyms. Like what I would love to see would be, hey, right? There's an open world. You can go in pretty much any direction you want. And you find natural barriers like you used to in RPGs, right? Like if you get to a part where the Pokemon are super tough, you're like, shit, I can't fight these guys yet, but I'm going to pin it on my map because I want to come back and catch one later. Cool, right? And you go and you find the right direction and funnel you that way, you know? Don't make it a, a thing where I have to go check boxes for cutscenes, you know? That's my other request. No cutscenes. One of, one of the get things of that you're suggesting reminds me of the way Final Fantasy XV handled itself versus like just you know it's not fully open world all the time but you do unlock areas as you go and you were allowed to yeah. go and fight some shit that maybe you couldn't handle right away um and as far as open world stuff goes like it's pretty much you know you do have a path you gotta take but it is pretty much an open world and i, I feel like breath of the wild did such a good job of that that i i would love to see that, pokemon that's even more suit. open too because you could just go anywhere sure I, well you can't go anywhere yeah. if you can't go into the ice and the lava but you know whatever and I feel like that would be a reasonable way to limit how players advance, right? It's like, if you don't want them to go to certain places, make them have to, like, oh, you've got to get the Poker Rider thing so that you can get there, or you've got to, Yeah, I mean, you know, just like when you're in Pallet Town, you can't, you know, go surf down to Cinnabar first. You have to, you know, you have sure. to go figure out how to get surf, and you have to Honestly, you know, work your way there. It, and it's like, even know. those games are fairly linear, but there's an amount of just letting you figure it out for yourself. Yeah. It's not always telling you exactly where to go. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to have a game where we start up like kind of in the weeds a little more like you don't necessarily have a 16 thing you can pick the starter you want but like I'd like to be able to just say like well we have access to the world like I can surf down here if I want to surf down here because like I don't know the 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 cut and like you know HM stuff always bugged me like always yeah that's the best thing ultra uh yeah. sun and moon did was getting rid of that shit. right so yeah. now like yeah. now that they're gone and they're like it still just moves which is great um having access to them like earlier to like do i think would be good for me like i, I don't know something like i know the journey of pokemon and everything but like i really am tired of just like starting at level five every time like with just one thing like i like to have access to go fight something ridiculous at the start if i want to try to like test you know my metal on it essentially and like one of the man and, and i did not like sun and moon uh, but one of the better things about Sun and Moon was it felt like there was a, a better variety of the Pokemon you could catch. For sure, yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, I, definitely. I have never used a Slowpoke on my team, and it it's a staple for me now. Like, Slowpoke is <clears throat> a, a bombshell. Yeah, um, no, he's the shit. <clears throat> yeah, so, like, that would be, you know, that that would be one of the bigger things, I think. You know, give me ensuring variety. Give me a hit on Lee in the first town, like yeah. Or like, let me figure out how to get one if that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. You know, 
And again, I, that's that's the thing I want to see, right? So, like, uh, to take it back to the pitch that they had, their whole thing was we want to see, like, a Breath of the Wild-style open world and have the game be, like, about, like, oh, like, you're a Poke Scout and, like, you have to go and collect merit badges. And, like, you can get a badge for beating a gym leader, but you also get a badge for competing in a Pokemon contest mm. or for, like, doing this story thing or, like, for completing this side mission or competing in a bug-catching contest or whatever. And that would incentivize you to explore the world and see different things. And it would be the thing of like, I really want a Hitmonlee. Where is there a Hitmonlee? And you're like, oh, well, there's this karate dojo that you've got to go to. And that's how you can get fighting Pokemon early in the game or something like that. And it, have it be more like, and even if they started you out in one city or one town where you do that opening bullshit, you get your first couple Pokemon and get the sense of it and then let you go. That would be great. Like, I would be totally fine with that, you know? Um, but I, I think like having... Um, a game that's less in in the same way that fucking Breath of the Wild finally got us off of the Ocarina of Time formula. And don't get me wrong, I love Ocarina of Time, but Zelda didn't always used to be that. And then all of a sudden, that was the only thing it could be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem with Pokemon is like the core RPG mechanics are fucking fire. That doesn't need to change. And they've in, they've implemented a bunch of really cool systems over the years that they've then taken out. Like, why don't we have contests anymore? A lot of people like them. You know, it's like put more shit like that in there and give the give us more variety and ability to choose what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Go ahead, Peg. Uh I think I've I've mentioned this before, but like and I know that this is a game that like not a lot of people played, but the free realms treatment I feel like would be really, really nice here. Um if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's essentially like a free uh it was a free to play MMO on uh, PlayStation Network, where you had different sort of jobs that you could do, so, like, classes you could do. But it I was remember like, this. It was, like, mailman, and you could be a fighter, you could just be exploring, that sort of thing. And I really think that that could really benefit here. Um, although it kind of throws into a little bit more of an MMO territory, but, like, I really think it would, because, like, I haven't played Pokemon in a while. Like, I got Moon, but, like, I didn't really care for it, because it was just the same thing. Like, I get it. There's new Pokemon and all that jazz, but, like, I don't care. I've, I've played this before, because I've played Blue, I've played Silver, like, it just felt same, like, same old, same old from the 1990s, so something had to give there. Um, and I feel like you can be really, really, like, awesome with it too here because like say if you want to be a uh uh it, is it like caregiver a thing like, well i was gonna say yeah no like i think what you're saying would work even not in the thing because like you like you said the pokemon world has stuff like that like uh a breeder yeah it's like yeah, you're saying That's it. or, but, like yeah. instead of doing that like you actually like i can imagine like an actual ecosystem there where like you're getting other people's pokemon on loan for like you have a week to train them up to whatever level that you can and then they automatically get sent back to their trainer for whatever fun, um, whatever amount of like levels you get, you have that yeah. am- that amount of money or that amount of experience. So eventually, you become like a master trainer or something like that, which gives the Pokemon that you train, uh, Pokemon that you breed, which sounds really weird, uh, like extra, whatever, <laughs> extra experience points or like the the like egg that you get like can hatch faster or something like that. Sure, that yeah. can be like a whole lot of buffs for training up in that in that uh, skill tree or that talent. And I think you can do that for a lot more of other stuff as well. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. I think that would be being a Pokemon Ranger, like would Mm -hmm. be a cool thing of like, oh, hey, like once you're a high level player, like you can just become basically like a fucking Pokemon Mountie and ride around on your fucking Tauros and just like help out scrubs, you know, and like do shit like that. Like, 
I, I feel like there's so many things like that that are established things in the Pokemon universe where, like, yeah, like, why can't you just do that and, like, have that be a developed system so that every little thing can either be, like, hey, if you just want to play the core game and go do the same shit you've been doing for the last 20 or 30 years, that's 1,000% an option for you. Go ahead. Yeah. And But if you want to have a little diversity with, like, getting some other systems in there and making it that you could, like, explore the entire map and have a reason to do that without doing the gyms would be awesome, you know? Like, again, like, if you just want to do contests, like, if you Mm -hmm. could do a whole game where you're like, I'm just going to do contests, that's my thing, and I'm going to travel, and that's how I'm going to do it, and, like, you'll still have to battle, because that's a core part of the game, and, like, you know, you're going to, like, get into scrapes when you're out, scraps, um, when you're out in the world, so. Some disgruntled other contestant's going to be mad and wants to fight you, like, I can see that. You have, like, an I, Tanya thing going, you know? Like, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. Or, like, you know what would be really cool? Like, something that they, like, teased in the first game is, like, what if they let you, like, join, like, the evil team? And there was, like, a whole, like, storyline where you're, like, oh, like, I work for fucking Team Rocket or whatever. And then, like, maybe at the end of it, like, they still get, they lose and then you get arrested and then you have to, like, reform or something. But, <laughs> you but know, like, I feel like. way interesting. It would be cool. So, like, you could do. Yeah. That, that really is so the thing I wanted things. to do. With, with, like, the story of saying, like, how you jump right in, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, something like that. Like, you could already be part of your organization. That's how it starts up. Or, like, maybe you're the previous champion or something. And, like, guess what? Like, That's a good Start point. the game up, and it's, like, your first fight is you losing to the upstart kid that, like, beats you. And you're like, oh, God, my existential crisis. I lost. I'm the previous champion. How do I retain this in my journey of setting out of finding all these new Pokemon and catching them all and becoming the world champion again and getting back that little jerk who dethroned me, you know, or like you start up and you get arrested and like, it's like, you know, go out there in the world and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't have a job. I used to be a criminal. How do I do this? You know, that's how your journey starts. <laughs> like anything that just mixes it up and you're not just a kid doing, I mean, you can be a kid, sure. But like, you know, not just like go out, do this. Because you want to be the best. Yeah, I want to play a fucking forty-year-old man who's got a drinking problem and has done a. If stint. it's like to catch this challenge with, with Pokemon, it's fine. If you have to go out and like punch your boss in the face to get your severance package of money, so you can go to the karaoke bar uh, to, to do the Pokemon thing, that's fine. I don't care as long as it's something different, you know. Uh, yeah. it's it's pokey drinking for the pokey karaoke there, bar. There you Thank go. You. Yes, I'm sorry. Pokey, you pokey scrub. Yeah. <laughs> I think um I think that's something that like has been kind of lost over the years in Pokemon honestly is like if you look at the first few generations of games um and, and even later ones but like the, I have two specific examples for those um something that you would never see in a modern Pokemon game is like how you progress through Fuchsia City right like there is a point or not even just Fuchsia Celadon even but there's a point where you get to the game and you could go in three different directions And depending on what you decide to do, you can literally, like, do the gyms in a different order, which is a thing that, like, you cannot do in, like, almost any other Pokemon game. Yeah. And, um, with, with, uh, specifically, um, uh, Saffron City is one that you can access at, like, several different times, depending on how you, uh, advance through the game, and they don't tell you how to do that, you know? And, um, when it comes to, uh, Fuchsia, which is where the, um the uh the safari zone is right like the way that you progress through that is you go into the safari zone you have to find the gold teeth and then talk to the old guy and realize that you need to give them to him to get surf and they never tell you to do that like they never tell you to go to the safari zone they never tell you that you've got to find this guy's teeth and you have a limited amount of steps while you're in the safari zone so like you literally have to have done it and explored a bunch of times to have found this random item and this other cabin and, and like that's rpg shit 
Like, that's exploration. That's discovery. And, like, that is what Pokemon's missing. Because it's supposed to be about adventure. And it doesn't feel like an adventure anymore. You know, shit, in the last game, you have a fucking chaperone, dude. Like, <laughs> through most of the adventure. game, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I guess we're just really looking for something that's non-linear. Like, I think that can kind of encapsulate everything. And I think, I don't think it has to be totally Mm non-linear. Because I don't think linearity is a bad thing if it's done well. Because, again, the first Pokemon game is linear to a degree. Right. But then it opens up a little bit. And then it closes again. And that's fine. And I think, I think you could easily do something like that. Where, like, there are big beats you gotta hit, but there's a lot of exploration in between. Like, God of War or, like, Tomb Raider are a good example of this, where they're, like, light open-world games, where there are areas for you to explore, and each thing has its own set of stuff to do and its own missions and whatever, and then you move on to the next spot. Mm. And I think that would be cool. if you Or, like, in Far Cry, even, where there's, like, a map and there's sectors of it, and you do all the shit you can do in one, and then you move on to the next one. And I feel like that would be cool if it was like, hey, okay... Maybe you you can't do a Breath of the Wild where you can just go literally anywhere when the game starts. But if you start off and you have access to this one region, and it has a beach town, there's a forest, there's a cave, there's another town somewhere else, there's another thing over here, and you're like, this is all I can do now, and once I've reached uh, 50 medals in this area, right, or whatever I have to fucking do to Mm. check off boxes, then it's like, oh... There's this new area you've got to go explore. And like I think doing it like that would be a perfect way to, to do it. So it's not funneling you through it and it's letting you feel like you're discovering things on your own. But it's also still putting – not ever putting you in a place where like – because again, got to be accessible to children. Like right. where you're not ever feeling like you're getting overwhelmed or like where you feel like you're getting like stuck in a spot where you can't advance or whatever. Like there should always be a thing where it's like, oh, there's something else I can do somewhere else and – I would love to have that feeling in Breath of the Wild where it was just like the first time you play it and you're just like, I wonder what's over this next corner. Yeah. You know, like what's over that hill? Well, and like I I even like an option of like just like a much a, a mature version, you know, not like I was going to say a difficulty ra- setting. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, a racy adult setting, but just like something that, you know, when Professor Oak pops up, you know, he says, oh, do you know what you're doing? Okay, cool. Here's your Pokemon. Yep. See you later. Yeah, dude. And, it, like, other video games do that all the time. Yeah. You know, like, I, th- I think it should ask you a questionnaire. You know, sure. like, is this your first Is this your first Pokemon adventure? Yes. Okay, go. Here's the whole thing. It gives you Baby three questions. Is this your first game? Do you know what IVs are? And have you ever bred before? I honestly think that would be right. Like, I honestly think that. Like, if it, if it goes, like, is this your first Pokemon adventure? No. Right? Okay. Cool. How many have, have you played? Right? And then you answer based on a drop down, right? Or like, what? Or like, which games have you played? Checklist or something like that. Or even, yeah. And I then mean, even even to Thompson's question, like, do you know what IVs are? I don't, but I played. I think all that's Pokemon the last games. one. Like, and then like, yeah. have you bred before? Sure, I've done that. Two out of three. Yep. Okay, you're probably pretty good. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, and, like, when you get to the, you know, section later on where they, you know, will show you how to do the EVs and IVs and all that crap and stuff, you know, they could, like, tutorial that in because you never selected that early on, you know. Sure. Uh, but, like, basically, yeah. you know, as long as I think they build the game and, and I think for the first time, uh, like Pete said, obviously cater a little to children, but I think if they spend some time on this game and think of who, you know, like, we what we want is something, like, slightly different at least, you know, maybe don't cater it 100% to the kids, but give them an option if they need help. 
try to give it more pizzazz that we can all enjoy because like the core generation of pokemon people is always going to grow but like a lot of us are getting older and we want something to be a little bit more you know meaty I, then i like sun and moon i really did i know you guys are like a little like uh you know i mean yeah. i liked it too but, but i mean like it has i really liked it and i just didn't i liked what they did to it because it was different but like i don't want that again you know what i'm saying i'm cool what? with all the changes and mega evolutions and all that shit too i even like the non-gym battles that was fun but like i do want something different now and like the hard part is that like the you know, they started out with, like, the harder game, you know, in Red and yeah, Blue. And for then sure. they made it easier as you go. But for sure, sort yeah. of the, the problem is that, you know, when kids pick up Sun and Moon and they kind of outgrow it, like, the graphics and the, you know, and everything, as you kind of go back, they're like, oh, I want more Pokemon. You know, I'll, I'll try the very first one, Red and Blue, why not? It's hard going back and playing those games because... You know, the graphics aren't that good. The, you know, the system is buggy. The quality of life improvements on every generation yeah. Yeah, are yeah, stellar. Exactly. And I think it's time for, like, those improvements can only go so far. And I think Sun and Moon was the precipice of it for me, where I realized, like, okay, you can't, you, you literally can't tweak this any better. Like, this is perfect. Just do something better now, like, on the other side of it, you know? Yeah. The battle system, yeah. everything, it got, for me, perfect at this point. But... Story yeah, the just like the best it's ever I didn't been. care about, and I just blew through the game to get the mods I wanted, you know. And that sucks because like I know that there was something there, but like I don't remember any of the names of all the people. I don't remember any names of the islands. I don't remember no. most of anything except for the Pokemon, which I, I know that's like the flagship thing, but only ones I used on top of it. So yeah. a lot of them, yeah. Uh, yeah. when Pete was doing Showdown like a couple times, I, I don't even recognize mods that came out of this generation because I was like I just never used it, you know. So. I don't have it doesn't have that it didn't have that staying power at least you know I uh, I forget I what's on the mega evolution list and there's only like 30 you know <laughs> I I accidentally evolved uh, an Alola and Raichu and that was the most fun I had with Pokemon fun <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I like you know, Mimikyu like, he was fun he's, no yeah like he's, a, he's dope <laughs> I I I liked a lot about what that game did just because it tried it tried to do something yeah. different and I think like for its successes, the failures were not new failures. That's the thing. Right. Is like the reason it was bad is the same reason that like X and Y had problems. And I like that game too, but again, it's the same problem. Just like these games are are at a point where they're so handholdy and there's like no sense of agency. Yeah. And that's a problem because what I liked so much about mm. Pokemon as a kid and what I like so much when I go back and play the original games because, you know, you say it's, like, hard to go back to. I go back to those games very regularly. Right. And um, But you and I, you know, we grew up with Grew those. up on them. Right. Exactly. Um, but that's the thing is, like, to me, like, that game's a real RPG. Sure. And it's, like, it's, it's still baby's first RPG. That's what Pokemon's supposed to be. But it's an RPG. It, it speaks volumes that like the redone, uh, what was it, Soul Silver and Heart Gold? I feel like are more meaty uh, of an experience than Sun and Moon were. You know, just like oh yeah, they put all the quality of life changes retroactively into one of the best generations, and lo and behold, you have an actually good RPG with all the good things from the, the newer games. And it's like I want to play that old one first. You know, still I still want to go back and play Heart Gold more than I do want to play. I didn't even get Ultra Sun or Moon. You know. 
Yeah. That's where I stopped. I bought it. I bought it and didn't even play it. Like I started it and was just like, I don't want to do this again. I, I mean, the only one before that that I never got was Black 2 or Black, or White 2. So these sequel games yeah. don't do it for me for sure. Usually. I usually just skip and wait till like the third one that comes out, you know, but Ultra yeah. Sun Moon like definitely didn't do it for me. And, uh, you know, it's just, I like, I like the RPG. Mecha- the, you know, it's like, it feels more like your journey, like as a player through the games rather than like you said, the handheld stuff you get to the first and second generation stuff, man. It just feels like, you know, every time I can have a good, unique experience with that game. Yeah. And I, I think like the story has just gotten to a place where it's like, it's way too intrusive and it kills replayability of the games, you know, because like what was so good about, you know, like I play, I've played Pokemon red and blue probably actually a hundred times. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I know you have, and, and like, yeah. and that's like not an exaggeration. No, you probably you know, have. it's like, <laughs> Like as a kid, I would like would literally beat it and then start it over again, beat it and start it over again, and just keep bu- like building up new teams and building up a roster and getting like breeding fodder and stuff. And like I was like a oh, fuck. I played this with my job as a kid, and like I couldn't do that with fucking X and Y or Sun and Moon because the fucking story just gets in the way. And like X and Y isn't as bad about about it as Sun and Moon, but like the fact that like. They're worried about, like, if the game's too hard, kids will stop playing it. But I'm like, but you're going to give an hour-long tutorial and think that that's not going to turn people off? You know, it's like, come on, guys. It took like, forever to get started in, in Sunny Moon. And it's just, I, I, don't, I don't think that Pokemon has to be a case of... Well, it's a game for kids, and it's our problem that we still want to play it, right? That we're aged out of it, and because I, I think that the the games are starting to suffer from what's going on. And if you look at like every other pillar Nintendo franchise, that's what Nintendo franchises are. They're games that you learn how to play as kids, and like you can keep playing as adults because they're supposed to have a skill ceiling. And that's what like Pokemon's like the deep one of the deepest fucking strategy games that you can play. You know, like high level Pokemon battling. And like, it's that's ridiculous. why I, that's the thing that keeps me in is that I love that. And I don't think that there's a reason, though, that I should have to like fight my way through every entry in the series because I want to play the part I actually like. That's exactly how I felt about Sun and Moon when I was done with it. Like, I really enjoyed playing it. But then at the end, I was like, OK, so what do I do now? Like, I just want to play on the systems. But like, I have everything still on heart gold. So it's like, I don't want to do that again yeah. through this, it's like I, you know. And like I said, just no motivation to replay it. And I, I think like, I don't know. I think that's what we need more than anything. Um, so yeah, any final thoughts on this one? I think I think we hit some good points here. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's a conversation that like, you know, thousands of people have had. You know, it's, it's how you and I met, Pete. Like, yeah. you know, we just like, there's a, there, there is a love there, but like, Nintendo and like the Pokemon company have to like expand the 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 breadth of the game because it's just not you know it's just not fun. It's gotten stale, you know. Yeah. And I can honestly uh, say if I, if they came out on the Switch and they were like they showed me anything that looked like the previous games like in the same way, you know, it's like I I just don't know if I want it because I didn't get Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon and I I can't do it again, you know. You need to That's really what you say. That's what you say. I wouldn't and then we do buy it though. On day I mean, one anyway. I would rather get God of War. You know, even though you're gonna own a copy that I can smooch off of. You know. <laughs> I think he just said smooch off of, you and did. like that game's yeah. That's get that game is that game is good enough to fucking. That's kiss. what I'm saying. So I, I want to make love to it. It's beautiful. It's a great <laughs> game. 
But yeah, so to round out what is happening here, uh, so like basically, if they start thinking of the de- demo beyond the age of their protagonist, we might actually have something there. Yeah, I'd like to see yeah. that. Yeah, I think that's a good point to end it on, and uh, and I think like it's naive for Nintendo not to do that because they they know that there are two audiences of Pokemon fans. You know, there are us, and then there are every other generation that's come after us. Yeah, and I don't think there's any reason that you can't make a game that speaks to all of us because the core values of Pokemon are what make Pokemon good, not the framing device, the RPG mechanics. Catching fucking cute and awesome monsters to make them fight, right. like exploration, adventure. That's what Pokemon. Th- those are the fucking core tenets that we need to focus on, and we need to get back to. And I think if we can refocus on that and and look at the and or we if Game Freak can do that and look at the franchise with every person that loves Pokemon in mind, I think you know that's that's what the series needs to do, and. Uh, you know, it sounds like maybe maybe there's an opportunity that we'll get that. So, fingers crossed. Man, I hope so. I would, for the best. Yeah, I, I would hate to waste Pokemon on the Switch on a on a bad game. That would suck. And and that's the thing, man. Is they've said if it ever makes a jump to a console, like right, it'll have to be a big change. They're talking about new mechanics. They, I think they know that this is needs to be. Yeah a big move and that this is an opportunity for them to win over people that have been lapsed or people who are not interested in Pokemon. And there you go. Like, and slowly me, I'm fading out too. And apparently right, Kale, like, and even, I've been out the door. Yeah. Man. Like it, the candles burning, you know? <laughs> and that's the thing is I, 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 I think they realize that I hope I'm right. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. And, uh, that is going to wrap up the conversation here on episode 52 of the video game pals. Kale, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it was my pleasure. Uh, so remember, if you guys want to uh, help out the show, if you're an audio listener, you can give us a like on your platform of choice. Head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. If you're on YouTube, you can give us a like. Subscribe to the channel. Click the bell so you actually see when our fucking videos go up. And um, as always, share the show with your pals. Let them know we're out here. We're doing a good show. You're enjoying it. And um, get them to come hang out. And uh, let us hear from you in the comments. And uh, Or you can write, us to us, write to us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com or follow us at the Comics Pals where every social media is sold. And um, let us know what you thought about this or any other episode. What do you want to see for the next Pokemon game? What is, uh, what's on your wish list? And um, if you're, you know, not a jerk, we'll read your thoughts on the air. <laughs> well, actually, sometimes if you are a jerk, we'll read them too and we'll razz you. Most so, of the time, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, all right. So before we get out of here, we're going to do some plugs. Kale, since you're our guest, why don't you start off? Sure. So I, uh, if you don't know, I am a comics person. I uh, write comics often uh drawn by my friend uh letty wilson um she's incredible and she's made me the person i am today um and she did all the pals heads oh she did that's very true you can find uh our work uh in association with panels publishing on selfie.com slash panels publishing you can find us on comiXology uh at panels publishing um we have a series uh called from the deep which is about uh, um, it, the, the, the whole series is sort of a, a reversal of monster and sort of kaiju tropes. Um, cool. I, I have so much fun writing it. It's uh, the first uh, issue is called The Storeworm. It's about a, a, a Godzilla-like creature coming and, and destroying the, the city of Edinburgh, Scotland. 
Um, it's incredible. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T O T O I N T O W. Um, and if you want to have a halfway de- uh, a halfway intelligent conversation about Pokemon, don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Peggy. Hey, so if you want to talk about battle royales or Overwatch specifically, you know the. Ha. Uh, if you want to talk about Overwatch specifically. Great bit for our audio listeners, Peg. Oh, yeah, it was the Overwatch logo, but y'all should know that by now. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Moriah It's M-O-I-R-A-I-O-W. I also need to correct something from last week. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be going to BlizzCon this year. Uh, just some so that it feels bad, man. So uh, possibly Owl Season 1 uh, Grand Finals. Uh, that is still in development. I will keep y'all posted. But yeah, uh, if you want to talk about some some uh, evolutions of Battle Royales, which is going to be a thing within the next two weeks that, that I publish, uh, or uh, Winston's Lab's Fantasy Rounds, which I know is really uh, popular still, or just what the heck were the, this week's owl matches? No one knows. Uh, or any Battle Royale professional league, because all those are now part, uh, starting up. By all means, uh, come my way. Cool. And now, if you want to get us BlizzCon coverage, now you've got to send to the the fund of sending me and Sean and a fucking camera to BlizzCon, where I just follow around Sean and get reaction shots of him just reacting to things like a fucking child. Because he would, he would, and that's the thing, man. Sean's Sean's hype inspires me. Like when he gets genuinely excited about things, it just warms my heart. Um, So if you got it, if you want to see the BlizzCon coverage, now you got to donate. So hit me up. Uh, Thompson. You can find me at, uh, at Relic Vampire on Twitter. And uh, this week I'm going to be playing Battletech because it comes on 24th and finally some good news, right? So giant mech robots and all that. Um, hey, maybe we'll stream it or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do something. We'll have a PALS player. We'll fucking stream it or something. Yeah. So speaking of PALS play, we did some God of War. That should be coming up this uh, this week. And if you want to see more of that, please let me know and let Pete know. It doesn't matter because we both want to play it and we only got four episodes done. I want to play the game more. Please say you want to see more. All right, Pete, you can go. <laughs> cool. Uh, if you guys want to get some more content from me, you can check out my writing over on CBR.com. I've got a list this week about 20 goofy but OP superheroes. So I write about the likes of Uncle Sam, Herbie the Fat Fury, the Plastic Man, uh, Matter Eater Lad, all kinds of goofy dudes um, and gals. So go check that out. Help me pay the bills. Click on my author tag and go check out all my other articles there. Um, every click helps uh, put some money in my pocket and some food in my cat's belly. So uh, please do that. And uh, if you want to catch some more content from me, um, you can catch me on all our other shows. I'm on the Comics Pals with Kale. Me and Thompson are doing Pals Play. Uh, me and Kale are also on the Riverdale Review, which is back this week. We had our uh, good friend Olivia Hicks on for the musical episode. Ton of fun. Uh, go check all those shows out. We work real hard on them. If you enjoy the show, you'll probably enjoy at least one of them. And, uh, oh, right. On uh, Twitter and Instagram, at loud underscore Pete. There we go. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us here on episode 52 of the Video Game Pals. Thank you for joining us for this first year of the show. Uh, it's been a great time. And here's to another one. We'll see you next week. Hey, guys, I have a question. Uh, I've been wondering this for a while. What's an Overwatch?